nine o'clock on a Saturday. Live from Chicago, it's Saturday morning. It's the Murph and Fred Show. Starring Mike Murphy, Fred Hubner, and featuring Sean Davis. Now here's your host, Murph and Fred. Hey, how you doing, everybody? Sean, big bad Sean's here today. Thank you, Sean. And uh, Big Bad Fred and uh, 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 Big Little Murph here. <laughs> no rain. That's good. No, it's supposed huh? to be really nice this weekend. High 61 uh-huh. today. We're going to hit 70 mm-hmm. tomorrow. That'll be nice. <laughs> Cubs are in town with the Cardinals. You you, you know, you used to say yeah. you can't tell the players without a scorecard. Yes. You can't tell what time the game is starting mm-hmm. without something because <laughs> yesterday was 120. Today yeah. is 305. Tomorrow is 605. Mm-hmm. So uh, the Cubs now on a roll, winning five in a row and uh, shutting down those Cardinals, those mm-hmm. hated Cardinals. I think you can say that yeah. over here in Chicago, yeah. the hated Cardinals. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, it should be a perfect day out of Wrigley Field the next couple of days. The uh, Cubs now a game and a half back, as Fred was sort of alluding to. They've won five in a row, Fred. And uh, the Cardinals uh, in first place, Cubs a game and a half back. Now we can do this, you know, the two out of three. No, I'm not singing. Two out of three ain't bad, Mr. Meatloaf. So the Cubs began the three games, and this is pretty easy math. Uh, two and a half back, if you win all three, you leapfrog, right. and you're going to be Take a over first game in front. Uh, if they split the next two, uh, they'll remain where they are now, and we'll have picked up uh, you know one game, and they'll be uh, remain a game and a half back. So the two out of three ain't bad. Now that's uh, that's what Joe used to say to the young Cubs back in twenty you know fifteen sixteen. Uh, they'd be in a th- have a three game uh, series, and uh, you know you'd you'd uh, uh, win the, the first. The Cubs would win the first. They'd lose the second, and then they're down in the dumps. And and Joe's like, "Don't worry, we'll win them out. Two out of three yeah. ain't bad." That, uh-huh. that was the old. That was the impetus behind that. But now when you win the first one, you know what. You might as well try to take get the broom sure. out. Get, get the sweep. Get the broom. That's right. Uh, we'll talk about the uh, White Sox game in a minute. Something happened in the ninth inning that uh, we'll want to get your thoughts on uh, or uh, any of your uh, baseball thoughts. 332-3776. I'm Mike Murphy. He's Fred Hubner. Uh, Jesse Rogers will join us uh, around 10 o'clock. And 11 o'clock, we're going down on the farm. Yeah, old McDonald, Max Yasker's uh, farm, uh, Woodstock. Now, now we're going down to double. White Sox, find out what's happening there with the prospects. Uh, isn't they got uh, a bunch Robert, of them, the ones that aren't hurt? Yeah, yeah. Robert's there though, yeah. right? They promote uh, him. Luis Robert was brought yeah. up there. Uh, his first six appearances, mm-hmm. first six at bats, four mm-hmm. strikeouts, no hits. Yeah, well, so I guess he can't hit double A pitching. Moving yet. up a level. Yeah, moving up. Taking a little while. Mm-hmm. The uh, Cubs game yesterday very interesting and very entertaining. You better but, hurry up. You if you if you turned tuned it on uh-huh. two hours and forty five minutes in, you would have missed it. Played, I had it in a snappy at two hours, 28 minutes. That's right. Okay. So as I said, if you turn it on 245 in, okay. you would have missed it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, reminds me, uh, old, good old Vince Lloyd. Vince Lloyd was the Cub announcer back in the day, radio play-by-play guy. And the uh, uh, game, uh, after the game, he said, and uh, the final score again, the Cubs beat the uh, Milwaukee Braves uh, by a score of 4-1 uh, to one and uh, attendance uh, at 4,312. And the game was played in a snappy uh, 2 minutes and 28 seconds. There you go. 
I go, what, you already have a couple belts before maybe he was doing like an early Harry. We used to have that cut. I know. We, we did. used to have that sound bite. It was, <laughs> it, was, it was much funnier. Yeah. Not that that was, I mean, oh, I but it was really good because they were going back and forth laughing. Well, then Lou would go, what'd you just say? <laughs> and Vince said, what is it? And then Lou said, you just said two hours and 28 seconds, which he didn't. Yeah, Lou got it all messed yeah, up, too. Even Lou screwed it up. So, yeah, it was very, very good. <laughs> but the uh, professor... Which, of course, was the uh, uh, nickname for uh, Greg Maddox. Uh-huh. I'm sure there's been professors uh, in Well, the... he was a bulldog, too. Yes, he was. Right, yeah. So I think more people probably referred to Maddox as bulldog. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's only so many nicknames. I think over time there was... A... In Thank fact, God. I, there was That's an... just me. There was another of a professor to set the Wayback Machine, Joe DiMaggio's brother. Okay. Okay. Uh, Vince DiMaggio uh, was the little professor. Okay. But, okay, whatever. But... Kyle Hendricks yesterday. Fred, you don't see this anymore. Kyle Hendricks does did yesterday what yeah. you've expected him to do all the time. Uh, obviously, he did it to the best of his ability, but mm-hmm. you expect those kind of pitching games from mm-hmm. Kyle Hendricks because he doesn't have the 95-mile-an-hour fastball. He's not going to beat guys like that. He is a pitcher. He needs to hit his spots, and yesterday, you know what he was doing? He was hitting all of his spots. Well, I'm not a uh, major league pitching coach, though. If the Cubs uh, keep uh, rotating through them, I guess we, yeah, we, we all might be. Yeah. a chance someday, yeah. but from what I could observe, uh, so Kyle Hendricks, he was pitching inside. He hadn't been doing that. Earlier this year, every inside, inside to the righties and the lefties. Next, he was uh, he broke out the big old curveball a few times uh, later in the game. Once in about the third inning, and then uh, three times, I believe, in the eighth and the ninth. And that big old curveball is amazing. We'll talk about how he struck out Goldschmidt uh, in the ninth inning, which was pretty interesting. If you wanted to break that, and fewer changeups. He's been getting in trouble, Fred, with those high changeups. Uh huh. But the wind was blowing in. They don't do a good job, I'll be honest, on any TV. Not just the Cubs games or the Sox, national. You know, you think they could every once in a while say, well, the way, and show you the flag. Yeah. You know, all they got to put the camera in. Arnie, Arnie, give us a flag they shot. They figure there's only one guy that cares. They should just have somebody Me? from the production crew call you <laughs> and let you know because they figure nobody else cares about the flag. The wind is. But that's wrong. It's People huge. are watching. Yeah, it's a big thing at Wrigley Field, well, yeah. wanting to know it. And, uh, I didn't even think about the wind yesterday because it didn't seem like to be yeah. to be a big wind day well, yesterday. They never actually. I be, I'm going to guesstimate uh-huh. it was coming uh, straight in from the north, maybe a little over the scoreboard, which would be the northeast. It looked like about ten to twelve, uh-huh. which uh, I can't verify. That's what it was where I where I was living, which you know thirty miles away, but it can't be that dramatically different. Point is, there were uh, uh, two fly balls that could have. That's my whatever. Could have left the yard. Well, and and would have if the wind were blowing out. But you know, maybe maybe Hendricks was smart. Molina hit one, and then someone else. Point is. Is Hendricks that smart? Because you know, I'm going to lay it in there. That wind. Yeah, they say the wind twelve miles per uh, hour left to right. There you go. Twelve miles left to right. Left to right would be a, a north. I don't know if I buy that. Whatever. Point is. He, he was he pitched a masterpiece. How about eighty one pitches? Now that alone is amazing. Yeah. But did you see Fred? Not to put you on the spot, I looked it up later. Of the eighty one pitches, I know exactly where you're going. John Lester said okay. says, his eighty one pitches is nothing. He threw eighteen balls yeah, the whole game. Exactly sixty three strikes. Yeah. Sixty three strikes and eighteen balls. Uh-huh. That's an average of two balls an inning. Yeah. 
And, uh, yeah, you got to walk a guy with four balls. Mm -hmm. Uh, So he did walk one guy yesterday, right? right? So you figure he threw 18 balls. He walked one. Mm -hmm. So he only threw 14 balls to the other batters that he faced yesterday. Pretty Uh, amazing. No Cardinal reached second base. And this is one of the top hitting and run scoring yep. teams in the the National League. Yeah, they come in red hot. The Cubs are now back to back shutouts. That's uh, they've done that twice this year. But John uh, Lester, the night before, uh, actually the five o'clock game, like you're talking about times, and that's right. so Wednesday. They had a weird two game deal out in Seattle. They had the uh, late game, which went past midnight. Talk about that. And then the five o'clock game that was uh, Wednesday afternoon, if you want to call it that. John Lester pitched seven innings. Webster, who amazingly is still on the roster, and and then Maples, who we're going to talk about yeah. also later, uh, it was a one hitter, a one hitter. So in two games, the Cubs have had eighteen innings pitched, duh. five hits, no Ernie's, one walk, and fifteen Ks. So they're on a little roll right now. Well, again, anybody that listened to us during the offseason, I said that if you were watched and if you thought about it, the Cubs had the the top five pitching, the yeah. best one through five pitching staff, probably in baseball, if they pitch. Now, Darvish is starting to pitch. Uh, Hendricks only got his second win of the season. Um, you know, John Lester came back after being injured. He pitched well. Uh-huh. So they're pitching well. And as a result, they're winning games. That's all. That's what this team needed to do. You know who's lucky right now? Metra, because we got so much to talk about. I don't have time to talk about Metra. Okay, okay. it's it's a it's a, uh, a regional embarrassment. Uh, oh, do I hear Murph and Fred fan focus group Twitter poll music in the background? There, check it up, Big Bad Sean. All right, vote right now at ESPN one thousand, or phone in and vote. There's an idea. Yep, phone in if you want to vote on the radio three three two three seven seven six. Twitter poll number one. Cubs fans, what is the most fun thing to watch uh, with uh, about you know Javi Baez? A his hitting, B his base running, C his fielding, and next White Sox fans, same question. What is the most fun thing to watch? Uh, uh, you know, with Tim Anderson hitting, base running, fielding. Okay, all right. Vote now at ESPN 1000. Uh, also, oh, prior to yesterday, this is yes or no. Uh-huh. Prior to yesterday, had you ever heard the phrase, he threw a Maddox? Maddox. Right, Maddox. Maddox. Right. There was Gary Maddox yes. who had, oh, but yes. yeah, this is Greg Maddox. Right, so for, he, yeah. everyone said that Greg Maddox. Yeah. It's just like when the Cubs had a young catch. You ever hear Randy Hundley? Hey, Big Bad Sean. You ever hear a guy named Randy Hundley? Yes, I've heard of Randy All right, Hundley. all right. And you said it properly. But there was a famous evening news duo back then, uh, and it was uh, Huntley and Brinkley. Chet Huntley... H-U-N-T-L-E-Y. And David Brinkley. Huntley and Brinkley. So, Chicagoans, God love us. I can say that because I and Fred, we are yep. Chicagoans. For years, is Randy Huntley. Huntley. That's a T. It's not a T. But I regress. Let's do this. Let's vote right now. Prior to yesterday, had you ever heard of the phrase he threw and then, I mean, quote marks. See, I'm doing quote marks here yes, with my I fingers. Uh-huh. He threw a... A Maddox. Uh-huh. Maddox. Hey, 
everyone's talking about, he threw uh, Maddox. Uh-huh. Uh, the writers, everyone's posting, Jesse, talking. Everybody. Jesse, too. Jesse said it, too, yeah. Sully does a great job. Uh-huh. Everybody. I defy anyone that wasn't plugged into the Cub game yesterday to tell me what a Maddox was. Did they mention it during the game? Because oh, I did yeah. not listen to the oh, game. Yeah. I watched it. Len, yeah. uh, Len Casper headed around the eighth inning. Turns out there's like one guy that coined this phrase from the best I can uh, ascertain. A while back, about yeah. nine or ten years ago, yeah. yeah. And now all of a sudden, and what it is... Well, maybe there's a reason that we don't hear about it. Much. Yeah, well, because it's stupid. Well, because it doesn't happen well, much. Okay, well, that's, okay, that's a yeah, good reason. That's, that's even the better right, reason. Right, it right. hasn't happened to a Cub pitcher since 2001. What is up, Maddox? Yeah. Murph? Fred? It's uh, pitching a complete game shutout in fewer than... 100 pitches. Right. 99 pitches or uh, uh, fewer would be a Maddox. Right. Greg Maddox evidently threw 13 of these. Uh-huh. Uh, as I uh, tried to find out here, uh, no one else threw more than about three or four, I believe. Or maybe... No, I think someone threw eight. Oh, someone threw I think eight? someone okay. else threw, yeah, a, right. a bunch. But, uh, yeah, it doesn't happen very often. I wish it would happen more. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, well, you so. like this snappy uh, two minutes and uh, yeah. uh, 28 seconds. Exactly. Vince Lloyd. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to start with uh, this our, our Twitter polls here, Fred. Let's start first. Sox fans, 3323776. Uh, player of the month, right? Tim Anderson. Yeah. All right. Tim Anderson, player of the month. All right. What's the most fun thing to watch about Tim Anderson? Well, I guess it'd have to be, well, hitting, base, running, fielding, you can vote. Got to be hitting, right? For Rizzi hitting 403. Yeah. <clears throat> I'd say no. For April. Yeah. No, uh-huh. I, I, not for me. Uh-huh. The most important, uh, I, I like, well, I think the most exciting thing when you're watching him is him running the bases. Yes. It's a little scattered, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, him running the bases is pretty uh, exciting. Him hitting, mm-hmm. eh. Uh, it's funny because both shortstops in uh, Chicago and people will criticize you know, both both shortstops in Chicago have a tendency to mm-hmm. swing for the fences. But who, but who doesn't? Well, yeah, nowadays no, you're I, right. I know what you're saying. Yeah, nowadays you're right, but uh, they, they do have a tendency to swing for the fences. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, the probably the most fun thing, especially when he's ten for ten in stolen base attempts, that's, is that's Tim very Anderson. Good. Right, uh, Tim Anderson is probably running the bases. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. All the talk these uh, the last ten years, and it's backed up by you know analytics, yeah. the metrics guys. Uh, stolen bases don't do them. Right, and I understand. If you don't, if you're not successful, yeah. Now they say you're giving it out away. All right. The same reason people say you shouldn't sacrifice bunt. The most precious thing you own is the, the, the commodity. Yeah, the 27 ounce. Yeah. So now it's up to. It was used to be like if you're not successful, 75 percent stealing. Right. Uh, then even though 75 percent uh, of the time you are safe. The, the, the one-fourth of the times that you're out ruins everything and does not offset the other game. Yeah. But now it's up to 80, they say, right? But what if you're 100%? Right, which he is right now. Well, yeah. Still 100%. You know what? Someone says it's not sustainable. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know if I have uh, my beefs handy right now, but Fred, let me tell you something. If I hear any more times in the next month the phrase... It's not sustainable. Uh-huh. I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> because 
Maybe it is. Right. You know? You never know. It's a, you know what it is? It's a, it's a crutch. Yeah. It's a crutch like a, oh, a regression to the mean. Well, we got John Dewan, the man with the numbers, to once say, well, you know what? There is such a thing as progression to the mean. But right. you never hear that. No. Right. So, no, you can't steal. Yeah. If you're a 10 for 10, might not be 20 for 20. Now, right. I know he's probably cherry picking the, you know, he's only going the times that he can, you know, feel successful. They're not going to run into outs. But Tim Anderson. Well, to be honest, you should never run. You should only run when you think you can be successful. You, you know, you should never. Well, the manager, do they still give the stolen base That's a good sign? question. Yeah, I would think they do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, there's a big thing now where if the if the man if the player doesn't uh, mm-hmm. think he can read the pitcher, then he's probably not going to want to go. And they'll probably talk about that. Hopefully, they will talk about that ahead of time. Then they'll sit Tim Anderson down and say, yeah. "Here's the here's the pickoff move for this guy and this guy and this guy." So if you get on base, then it's up to you. They may they may do that, especially with a guy like Tim Anderson. So Tim Anderson's uh, batting average of April or uh, prize my four hundred three is uh, not sustainable. No, that's not sustainable. <laughs> that's that phrase I hate. But yeah. How's he done? How's he doing in May? Yeah, he's got two hits. And two for two? No, he's a. Uh, He's two for 15. So, yeah. So now he's down to 342. You fall fast when you're at the 400 mark and you know, only get a couple of hits. Well, you fall fast, but you know what else you can do if you're a pitcher? You can uh, have your ERA also make a huge jump. That's right. Kyle Hendricks started the day with a 5.33 earned run average. Earned run average sucks. Uh, and he ended the day when you piece together nine innings, no earned runs. He drops down now to 3.93. Yep. That's, uh, again, five, Even Early three, in the three. year. Yeah, yeah especially oh, yeah. early in the year when you only have a certain number of starts. Three, three, two, three, seven, seven, six. Uh, so, Cub fans, what's the most fun thing to watch and observe and enjoy about Javi Baez? Same question as Tim Anderson. Hitting, base running, fielding. Let's bring in uh, Big Bad uh, Sean. Big Bad! I wonder so if you could, hey, buddy, how, could you give us some uh, early results here and vote at ESPN 1000? Sox fans, uh, how have they responded so far uh, percentage-wise? Uh, what's the ranking here? Sox fans have voted, and you're uh, certainly welcome to continue to vote. Murph and Fred, 9 till noon. See if the, uh, I've learned, though, Fred, the early numbers, even with what you might call a right. smaller sample size than we'll certainly have uh, uh, by noon, they, they often, unless you've only Don't got Don't change like, much. Unless it's really like when you just post it. You yeah. Know, then it goes crazy for a while. You see, like on you know, TV, they do that. Sometimes right. on cons of uh, whatever it is. NBC Sports Chicago does God it a lot. Them. Right. God and they're them. jumping all over the place. Right. May they rest in peace. Are they going to be totally gone or what? No, no, no. They're doing everything, all the other games. But it's going to be called something different. Everything but the Cubs. And then is the name NBC Sports Chicago continue? I don't know. Whatever. It doesn't matter. So, Sox fans. How did the Sox fans, Big Bad Sean, respond so far percentage-wise? Why don't you do this, please? Why don't you go right from the top down? What's in first place, second place, third place watching Tim Anderson hit, run the bases, or field? Overwhelmingly, Sox fans like to watch Tim Anderson hit Mm-hmm. 79%. Mm-hmm. And then his base running at 17 Yep. And bringing up the rear is the fielding at 5%. I'm okay. pretty much, we we knew fielding would be yeah. in last place. Yeah, he, he had 20 errors last year. He's got eight already. So he's still got 130-some games to play this year. So Would you say, correct, 
Would you say this is something that can improve, or is this him for the next five, seven, ten years? I'm talking just the defense. Uh, it can definitely improve. Yes. Defense is very improvable. All mm-hmm. you got to do is work at it. You know, you're, you're not born with defensive skills. Yeah, you know, your defense is yeah. you work on the defense. Stick to it, right? Right. So hopefully he would continue to work on his defense as much as he works on everything else. Which is Stan, Sean? Which is Fred? Uh, which is easiest uh, easiest to improve f- over a career? Fielding, base running, or hitting? I don't know the answer. I'm thinking it through right now. Uh, let's take a look. Sean, Cup fans had the same question. What yeah. is the most fun thing to watch and observe and enjoy about Javi Baez? Uh, for Javi Baez, definitely fielding was number one. Hold on. Yeah, that's what I voted. Really? Yeah, yeah 56%. I voted fielding. Me too. Yeah. Now, hold on. Let the, Sean, excuse me. I'm so proud of everyone that voted on this question. I thought it would be a blowout with fielding like at the bottom. We're going to talk about Javi Baez a little bit later, among many other things. Because I, I actually think hitting's on the bottom. I think I think it's fielding and then it's base running. Did you know? Right. Yeah. Well, let's can, go ahead, Sean. I'm yeah. sorry, buddy. After fielding would be base running, mm-hmm. as Fred said, at 27%, and then bringing up the rear is hitting. Yeah. 17%. Yep. That's where I would go. He's fun to watch hit, though, too. Because you never know what's going to happen. Did you know he's got, I think I had this right, he has 10 homers this year, Baez. How many do you guess, not to put you in a spot, yeah. but I saw it yesterday. Isn't that like, a, you know, research? How many homers Baez has hit to what they call left field, center field, or, and then they call it right of center? So, like, you know. I'm guessing six of his 10 are right of center. He has one to left field out of 10. Now, that's a guy, and he's got, I believe, like three to center, and like you said, I believe it's six or so, give or take four, six, or, uh, six three, and one, yeah. He's got six to right or right center. Now, that's a that's a hitter that can sustain. Right. Because when they see what he's doing, then they start coming inside, check it. Not, not what you wear when it's cold. Yeah. I remember the very first time I saw Javi Baez, I went out to Kane County uh-huh. to watch when he was playing at Peoria, I want to say, and I saw him he was on the same team. Boy, it couldn't have been that one. But he he was on the same team with a couple other guys. And I went and watched him, and he just pulled the ball down the left field line, just yeah. a rocket shot yeah. down the left field line. And uh, you could tell right away that he had the quick bat. He was fun on the bases. And uh, the player he's developed into now, uh, you know, runner-up in the MVP last year, just a lot of fun to watch. We're going to talk about Javi Baez, uh, his glove, his fielding, uh, Tim Anderson, also, uh, I'd like to uh, have you vote right now. Prior to yesterday, had you ever heard the phrase, he threw a Maddox. And in the ninth inning, here's a Twitter poll. In the ninth inning last night, if you were still watching or if you read this morning or checked out the Sox uh, play-by-play, in the ninth inning, Sox are down 6-1. to one. Something happened in the top of the ninth inning that I don't think I saw coming. Me, I don't think I like it. The White Sox pulled a white flag, is the way I'm going to phrase it. Okay. In the top of the ninth inning, not the White Sox. Ricky Renteria. Uh, Jesse Rogers coming along in about a half hour, go down on the farm. White Sox double A. A lot of Bears talk coming up. Any of our earlier topics, jump in right now. 312-332-3776. Murph and Fred, ESPN 1000. Murph and Fred, busy day. Beautiful day. Glad you're with us. 
live in Chicago every Saturday 9 till noon. Jesse comes by in a little while, go down on the farm uh, in the 11 o'clock hour. Double A White Sox Birmingham has a lot percolating uh, down there. Uh, Real, real quick, Fred. I saw this note. The Cubs lead. Remember, every week I was. Uh, we had a. I put the same poll out right. every week now, and uh, the results have been consistent. Uh, what's the uh, strength of the Chicago Cubs? Consistently wrong, as far as I'm concerned. But Correct. anyway, yeah. Is their strength pitching or is it hitting? Very right. simple. And uh, I vote every time, and I, you voted every, yep. every time pitching, and it's been seventy five percent hitting. Or uh, 76% hitting yeah. each of the last three, four weeks. The first week I put it out was right after the bullpen imploded and right. nothing went right. And they were two and seven and they couldn't get anybody out. And uh, what are you, an idiot? <laughs> uh, well, maybe, but we'll let, let's just see. So, you know, me, I'm a little stubborn. Uh, we have it out again today, Fred. What is the uh, biggest strength of the Cubs, hitting or pitching? I'm going to be very excited to see later what the results are for that. How about this note? Cubs lead Major League Baseball with six shutouts. That doesn't mean complete game right, shutouts. Right, no. right, right, Six shutouts is a, a two and a two Well, I'll get a few more next week. Miami's coming to town. Oh, is that a problem? Four games with Miami. Did you see the owner now? He said, nothing's working here. Yeah. yeah. Cheater, yeah. yeah. There you go. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. He fired the marketing guy because uh-huh. no one's going. Yeah, well. well. Yeah, maybe because you had Yelish Stanton and... Uh, and uh, Ozuna right. in your outfield. You got rid of them all. Well, no one's coming. Fire the marketing man. Yeah, that's a good reason. Yeah, search for the guilty, we used to yeah. call it. Okay. So uh, the Cubs, with their six shutouts, no other team in baseball has more than three right now. So that's sort of interesting. I want to ask everyone, uh, 332 who's the best defensive shortstop you've ever seen in Chicago? Cubs socks, all right? Okay. In your lifetime, maybe some of our lifetimes have um, more uh, uh, observations, but uh, who is the best shortstop you've seen ever as a, a Cubs or Sox baseball fan? And the White Sox, they white flagged it in the ninth inning yesterday. But I understand we have a, yeah, we only have time for a Bears call. Let's go to uh, Bear fan Bob. Hello, Bob. Good morning, guys. Uh, I have the answer to your White Sox question because I did watch the game last night. But anyways, uh, I got a quick Bears thought. I thought Ryan Pace did a wonderful job on his draft picks. He did the right thing to fulfill all the needs of the team. But uh, Ryan Pace and Coach Nagy did something that really shocked me this week. They signed on uh, Brad Childress or Coach Childress. That surprised me. I am really happy about that. This is a guy who used to be the head coach of the Vikings. Anytime you get a guy inside your division, that's a bonus. A.K.A. Mike Marks, Lovey Smith, A.K.A. Uh, what the heck was his name? Uh, the defensive coordinator in Lovey Smith, uh, who was with Tampa and so on, and then was the coach of the Detroit Lions, who was a defensive coordinator. I can't think of his name right off the top of my head. But it worked out very, very well. The Bears went to the Super Bowl with him. And uh, then March, of course, because of Jay Cutler was an idiot, uh, Mike March went to an NFC championship with Jay Cutler. This will work out very, very well. I'm very happy with what they did. The answer to your White Sox question is, is they put a position player in to pitch in the ninth inning who was throwing about 40 to 58 miles an hour because, listen to Steve Stone do it, 
they were all laughing. They thought it was funny. I think his name was Ron Doan or somebody like that. The second second baseman. Exactly. Yeah. Second baseman. Yeah. yeah. And it was a joke, and it's like, Renneria, what are you doing? You've got pitchers for that. I don't care if you need to save your pitching staff. That's what they're paid for. Your bullpen needs to throw more pitches. Well, let, let me well, hold that hold that thought, Bob. I got a White Sox fan, Fred, White Sox fan, Bob. So I'm going to play neutral in the middle here as a Cub, a Cub fan, Murph. But if yep. it's twenty to if it's twenty to one, if it's twelve to one, yeah, thirteen to one 13 makes to sense. One, yeah. But as a baseball fan. And again, yep. I'm, not, I'm just saying in general, I thought it was wrong. I, I thought it was bad for the integrity of the game. Uh, yep. I, what about the fans that sat out there for three hours? Uh, the fans got a kick out of it, though. Well, okay, well, then I missed yeah. that. I'm wrong. Yeah. I would have said you're out there three hours in the cold, a little drizzle, and it's only six to one. The White Sox are like number one, two, or three in, in, the, in baseball and scoring runs late in the game. Fred, didn't they come from behind a couple uh, like of Three times this week. Yeah. But it would have been a bigger deal if, in fact, he went out there and gave up runs. He didn't. So that makes it that makes it difficult. But it was like, okay, well, this game's over with, so we're going to throw a position player. And uh, he didn't give up any runs. So the Sox were fortunate they still actually still had a chance if they were going to come back from five down in the ninth inning. But, Bob, you didn't like it, did you? No, I didn't because, in my eyes, that's disrespectful of the game. Yes. You've got pitchers who do that. You play the game the right way. Well, but, that, that, but it's a five-run game. Again, if it's 20-1 to one or 11-1, to one, but a five-run right. game, and they've been scoring. But here's the fa- here's the point. It's And Bob brings up a good point. It's disrespectful to the game yeah. if you throw like Jose Rondon threw last night. When Matt Davidson came in last year, Matt Davidson was a better pitcher than he was a third baseman or hitter, in my opinion. Hmm. Matt Davidson was actually throwing the ball at 90 miles an hour. Now you had Jose Rondon, who was just lobbing the ball up there. I used to play lob, slow-pitch baseball out at Goodwin School in Cicero on the corner of Austin in 26. Sixth, and we threw the ball just as hard as Jose Rondon did. <laughs> That's what made it a joke, in my opinion. Not necessarily that a position player threw, but that he was just lobbing the ball in. And even some of the uh, Red Sox players were like looking and saying, "This is ridiculous." And they couldn't hit the ball though. Uh, a, they did get a couple of hits, but they didn't score any they, runs. They white flagged the game. Hey, Bob, great job. Th- yeah, thanks. Was, yeah, go ahead. Go- okay, thanks, buddy. Yeah. Appreciate it. Thanks, Bob. Thanks, Bob. The other point that Bob brought up is mm-hmm. Brad Childress was actually with the team last year yes. before the season started. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, now he's going to be with the team a lot more than that. So mm-hmm. that's actually a good thing, I think. Uh, and Bob brings up some good points. Um, but it, it's difficult to see who knows exactly what they can still bring out of uh, yeah. Brad Childress from what, you know, his time with the other teams because it has changed so much over the last couple of years. Hey, uh, let, let's uh, bring on the microphone there. Uh, Big Bad Sean. Sean, uh, no callers yet that want to throw out their uh, uh, their suggestion for the best defensive shortstop yet in uh, Chicago. <laughs> what You've been around a long time, Sean. Not as long as Fred. And, no, uh, no one's been around, lo- around as long as, as us. Fred and me, no. Uh, I'm watching this Javi Baez, all right? And something happened, fellas. Something happened Tuesday night, Wednesday morning. The Cubs played a game at Seattle. Right. It started Chicago time, I want to say 9.20 or 9.30 or whatever. Maybe it was at 8.40. That was started at 8.30, I think. 8.30. Anyway, yeah. thank you. Yes. You're, so 
by the time the game ended past... 8.30 uh, or 9, one of the two. 10, 30, 11, 30. The game went, uh, let's see, it went past midnight, I'm, I'm pretty sure, because I was up past midnight. I don't know the length of the game. Here's what happened. Here's what happened uh, uh, Tuesday. There, the, three hours and 10 minutes. So it was a 9, 30, 10, 11, 30. So whenever. There were three plays in this game, Fred, that no one saw because it's getting near midnight on a school night, right? No one talked about No one reported. There were three plays made by Javi Baez. Uh, uh, the Cubs, by the way, they win the game 6-5 to five over... Seattle, again, Tuesday night, April 30th this week, okay? The, the game was back and forth, back and forth. And you know the old expression, hang a star on it? Yeah. Uh, a defensive play, if you keep in the old scorebook. Right. Or mentally or whatever you want. Hang a star on that one. Well, there were three plays. And, Sean, I'm going to need your help to trigger these here over in the uh, other room. The first play occurred in the bottom of the uh, sixth uh, inning. The game is tied 4-4. Four to four. Santana is at bat. The bases are loaded with one out, okay? 4-4, four to four, bottom of the sixth, bases loaded, one out. And, uh, you know, this is a game that's in the... And Hamels is spinning along. There's the first of three double plays the Cubs will uh, turn on defense. We're going to play a quick soundbite of each of them. These are all going to be NBC uh, Sports Chicago. Okay. Now, this was a ground ball. Again, bases loaded. One out. All right? They want to get that lead run in. There's a ground ball sort of up the middle to the left of Baez at short. He makes the ranging pickup, steps on second, throws to first. Now, they've been shortstops do this all the time. Yeah. But I'm a radio guy. I'm supposed to be able to paint a picture. It was an amazing effort and play to be able to uh, get two out to any inning to save their run. Hit it, Sean. Toward the middle, Baez will step on the back, throw the first two. And we remain tied. Now, the inning ends there, so there's no time for them to embellish and right. say, oh, well, you know, take my word for it. It was a highlight play on what looks mundane uh-huh. and normal if you just, you know, look in the box, go, oh, okay, turn the double play to get out of the inning. Or you read the play-by-play, right? right? All right, that was number one. Now, now we're getting to probably 11 o'clock, 11.15, whatever. Now we're in the bottom of the eighth inning. And uh, uh, the Cubs uh, now are leading six to five. There's a man on first, no one out. And the number nine hitter, who's the uh, uh, fly guy, uh, Gordon, D. Gordon's up, right? And you go, oh, boy, this game, you know, they got something rolling here. Well, he hits the ball, and uh, this time... The, it, it's a uh, man on first, nobody out, and this is Bodie at third to Baez to Rizzo. Now, what's interesting here, Fred, you wouldn't think it, but they do. They they shifted a little bit, the Cubs, on Gordon. Okay. A left-handed, you know, slap guy. Right. But he must slap more to the right side than the left side. So, paint a picture. I'm a radio guy. Baez, playing short, is the closest man to second base. But he's still on the left field third base side a second, all uh-huh. right? So there's going to be a slap ball to Bodie at third. Feels it clean, of course, going to go around the horn. Right. But the second baseman is way over in right field. Sure. Not deep, but over. Right. 
for the shift. So it's a double play ball that I've asked people. No one has, you know, I don't think I've ever seen it. It would be called a 6-5-3. Bodie at third, Tobias at short, to first base Rizzo. Right. But what's interesting is Baez is not coming across. No, he's running towards the bag. Yes. Yeah. He's not coming like from right field across the bag and the pivot. And the, no, he's backpedaling from shortstop back to second as Bodie's throwing the ball. And then he's got to throw the ball to first base. And one of the fastest guys in the game, Gordon. Right. Well, let's, let's hear it. Bodie in on the grass at third. The pitch. Round two, Bodie. It was uh, amazing, NBC Sports Chicago, that he was able to do it right. and get the guy. And again, this is a game situation. That's the eighth inning. Now they go to the ninth inning. It happens for the third time. Cubs are leading, hanging on. It's the ninth inning, six to five. Men on uh, first and second. Nobody out. Uh, their number three hitter, Tim uh, uh, Beckham's up. And he hits a 4-6-3. A third double play that Baez is unbelievable. What happens here, there's a, uh, uh, the ground ball of Dust Kelso at second. He throws to Baez, who has to catch the throw flat-footed. He throws the first flat-footed. Right. He throws the first flat-footed for a double play to save the game. There's a first and second, nobody up. Later, I found out that he was, someone had the radar gun on Baez. 98. Okay. Flat-footed. Let's hear it. Let's see if they can turn it. They'll get one. They got it both. 4-6-3 double play. I hope I can be adequate enough here to try to tell you what's happening because we don't have video. I'm playing it. I, I'm, 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 I don't have enough words to describe this. But this guy, Baez... Now he's gonna he's gonna clunk some now and then. Yeah, he's gonna clang some. He's gonna brick them, as they call it in the industry. He's gonna brick some. Yeah. He'll but, make bad throws once in a while. He'll make a bad throw here, or the Rizzo can't grab, or something like that. But uh, Fred, yeah, thank yeah. yeah. But I'm trying to jot down Cubs, uh, you know, shortstops, sock shortstops, and uh, I'm frankly not doing very well. The Cubs had a guy about 20 years ago, Ray Sanchez. R E Y was his right. first name. I don't know. And he was slick. But you know what? Even with John Dewan's uh, fielding Bible and the old school uh, fielding percentage, which is garbage, you know. And then I'm thinking back. I don't know that anyone in this town I've ever seen can do some of these things. Well, let's let's open up the phones if you want to jump in. And uh, we got Jesse coming up in a few minutes. Jesse will probably tell me I'm crazy. But uh, we'll take a break. Oh, vote right now. I want to hear your... Uh, Let's take a break. I want to hear uh, your uh, votes when we come back. In the uh, ninth inning, down 6-1, to one, the White Sox white-flagged uh, by bringing a position player in. Smart move? It's a joke? Or stay out of White Sox business? <laughs> well, actually, we only have uh, room for a few characters. Right. So not having uh, more than uh, one or two characters in this room at the same time, uh, we couldn't put that one in. Was it a smart move or a joke? So far, th- three votes uh, say it was a joke. Bear fan Bob, Murph, and Fred back in a flash ESPN 1000. One, two, three, oh. Jesse Rogers in a few minutes. Murph and Fred. Uh, looks like a beautiful day. Little, I don't want to say it's a little chilly. 
This is the spring, right? No, it'll be 60 today. That'll be nice. High of around 60 or 55. Cooler near the lake. Yeah. 60 out in the burbs. Nine degrees cooler near the lake. If you're coming from Schaumburg to the Sox game or the Cubs can bring a sweater. All right, Tommy Skilling. Let's do this, Fred. Oh, quick slide in. Uh, I'm sorry. Let's go to uh, Mark's been uh, patient in Michigan City. Hey, Mark, Murph, and Fred. Hello. Hello, guys. How are you doing again today? Good. What's up, Mark? Hey, that story you told Murph about Baez, which apparently isn't a story, about a guy having a radar gun and timing him uh, strong at 98 miles an hour, flat-footed the first base on a double play. That that seems that seems quite incredible. And I was wondering where the guy had the, the radar gun position and the angle of it for accuracy. But has anyone timed this guy just throwing the ball? Could you imagine what a windup? He maybe can get 10 more miles an hour. This you know, is something incredible. Hold, hold, that, hold that stand. Hold that thought, Mark. Mark raises in it. Number one, this is anecdotal. I saw it somewhere like someone right. posted that, again, it, it was he threw a pee. He threw uh-huh. a bullet. I, I will never say that he couldn't do it. Right. It was amazing. I can't. I wasn't watching the gun, Mark. If you know what I mean. But the point is bigger. It's what you're saying. I remember this story quick. Mark Fred, many many years ago, when the radar guns first came out, you know, yeah. and the scouts would be behind home plate. I asked a uh, someone with the, a high-ranking Cub guy back in the Dallas Green Day. Maybe it was even Dallas. I said. I said, you guys ever put the gun on, like, uh, you know, prospects, and right. infielders, position players, outfielders, yeah. or in the big leagues, you know, find out what the uh, right fielder for the Dodgers, what his, uh, and he looked at me like I was nuts. I said, what? Now, I'm They're sure they've got the time, it, everybody. Yeah. So, Mark, what you're saying is how hard could Baez unload it? Like if he really, you know, wound up, uh, you know, put him on the pitcher's mound uh, and uh, just one time. Well, not only that, but if they're going to measure him, they, they'd have to be have a guy behind first base on throws because yeah. it's not going to work if you throw. I don't think I it's going to work. I don't know. Yeah. Well, the, a cop gets you on radar from four blocks away. Yeah, that's true. You know, so uh, I don't know how that works, Mark. I can't verify it, but he threw a P, right? Yes, he did. And another thing, guys, I'm going to write a story, a book that's going to, it's going to be called, it's Mark from Michigan City, I'm Lance. My 25 years is Sports Talk Radio, mm-hmm. calling in the host in, in Chicago. Yeah. And both you and Fred are going to be on the front cover, your pictures and your stories. Well, well you, I thought you wanted to sell the book. Well, now, wait a minute. You don't I, want us on the front cover. Put us on the back cover, maybe. I, I could ruin that. No, Mark, I can ruin that right now. Get off my phone, you jerk! No. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Mark. Thanks, Mark. You bet. We'll talk next week. Oh, God. Yeah, leave you don't want to put us on the front. Him, leave them laughing. Yeah, you don't want to put us on the front. All of a sudden, there'll be dust covers laying all over the place. You know, speaking of that, uh-huh. caller Mark, and we appreciate the kind words, Mark. I always feel in radio, unless the caller's disrespectful to you or me or us or the station, a caller takes the time to, you know, make the call, be screened, be on hold, get on the air. I always feel, you know, I'm going to respect that caller. Again, unless they turn, unless they go right. bad, right? Then they go, okay, then, I'll, then the gloves are off. But I want to compliment, and I think this was on the Cap, Cap show, right? Cap and Company. A caller phoned in. Oh, let's just play the caller first, and then we'll explain it. Uh, you got it there? Uh, uh, okay, uh, thanks, Sean. Good morning, everybody. The kickoff should be at Soldier's Field. Mm-hmm. The Bears should give away beers. Mm-hmm. You start in the north end zone. 
and everybody's waving their hands for the kickoff, and then everybody moves to the south end zone for another round of beers, and then the kickoff goes that way. All right. You know, just a caller. Uh-huh. You know, J-A-C, just a caller. Every caller is important to me and to us. I think everybody at the station. You know what, number one, was the most impressive thing? No one then laughed at this guy and said, You said soldiers. Uh-huh. You said soldiers, you jerk. No one did that. I also like that this guy was a Chicago guy, you know, maybe old school. The accent over time is, right. is leaving the town. You know, dog bears. You know, that actually existed for many. That's the way people spoke uh-huh. in Chicago. And now the neighborhoods are, we all know what's going on. There's regentrification. It's great. It can revitalize a city. But the Chicago East, uh, you know, yeah. language is, is gone. The way he said beers. I love the way he said some beers. But, Fred, you can, I think, remember that. It used to be when I was a kid, and you're right around there. You're not there yet yeah. where I was, but... Everyone called it, by the way. Is this on? Everyone in Chicago called it Soldiers Field from forever. There was never an S on the end of it. Sometimes you'd see tickets printed. Right? With, the sol- with the S on yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. It, it, College it, All-Star football game. At or, Soldiers Field. Or uh, stock car races. I mean, uh-huh. there's a ticket so, with an apostrophe S or yeah. sometimes just an S or the S and then the apostrophe. Everyone said Soldiers Field. And sometimes you'll hear, you know, someone will say, and then the, and then someone, will, oh, you're an idiot. You call it, ah, uh-huh. they'd mock a guy. You know, they mock a guy because he took the time to actually call your radio station. Let's hear it one more time on the way out, and then we'll have Jesse in a minute. Good morning, everybody. The kickoff should be at Soldiers Field. Mm-hmm. The Bears should give away beers. You start in the north end zone. And everybody's waving their hands for the kickoff, and then everybody moves to the south end zone for another round of beers, and then the kickoff goes that way. Me, I love that, Fred. Sounded like uh, Cicero, didn't he? I love the beers. Just where can you get these beers you're talking of? Beers. Yes. <laughs> That's what we need, some more of the beers. Uh, Murph and Fred till noon. Jesse Rogers next. We'll get back on the baseball beat. I got a lot of bear stuff here. We're going to try to pepper in all that and much, much more. And they're lucky. I'll tell you that Metro's lucky that we're busy today. I don't get to talk about what a disgrace they are to the region. Murph and Fred, ESPN 1000. Me too, Murph and Fred. Glad you're with us. Let's not delay. Well, yeah, let's delay one minute for Jesse. I want to bring in uh, Fred, uh, executive producer today, Big big Bad Sean. Uh, Sean, uh... We have a Twitter poll active right here. Before we go to Jesse, number 10, prior to yesterday, had you ever, yes or no, prior to yesterday, had you ever heard the phrase, he threw, quote, a Maddox, unquote, yes or no? Before yesterday, had you ever heard the phrase, a Maddox, which is a complete game shutout, fewer than 100 pitches, at least according to the guy that invented it. Uh, what was the results there, Sean? 64% of the people voted said no. They did not know about the term Wait, a Maddox so before yesterday. 34. Six, 64. 64%. Yeah, so two-thirds. So 32? Just about two-thirds, yeah. 30 whatever said they'd heard of it? Let's go to Jesse Roger. I don't believe it. Is that Jesse? I'm here, boys. Where's, where's Jesse's song? <laughs> we'll give it to Eric him. Took it with him. We'll give it to him on the way out. That's okay. We'll give him the song on the way out. Jesse, good morning. How you doing, buddy? 
what was it the like NHL playoffs and NBC music or something? I can't I can't do my report to that. Hey, you know what? <laughs> the hamster's running and the thing's spinning and we're on the air. Fans say to Jesse Rogers. All right, Jesse. About a third of the fans say, Oh yeah, I was familiar with the phrase uh Maddox. Uh I never heard of it. You you used it, uh, which is fine. It's the hot uh, phrase yesterday. Fred did you I have, never heard of it. I never no. Jesse, be honest. Before yesterday you never heard that phrase. No, no, I, I had. I just did not had it heard it used in uh-huh. forever you know as soon as someone said it to me I'm, i knew what it was but it's not something that we use a lot because when does anybody ever do this it's been seven <laughs> years since the last one so okay. or something like that so yeah i mean i heard of it but yeah. i understand why many haven't okay. because no one's used it in a long time all right well it was an amazing uh, performance jesse rogers was there 81 pitches as Fred, you mentioned, 63 strikes, 18 balls. That's amazing. The professor, yeah. he indeed threw, threw a Maddox. Uh, a complete game shutout, fewer than uh, 100 pitches. No Cardinal reached second base. The Cubs starting pitching's on fire. But talk a little bit about uh, the game yesterday and uh, a snappy. A game from the old days, two hours and 28 minutes. You almost think it should have been even quicker for yeah, an eighty-one yeah, pitch shutout. Yeah. You know, two twenty-eight is these days pretty, pretty. Uh, but that's what it used to be back in the day. Oh, they were always two twenty-eight. Right. But here's the thing, Murph, and this is why covering the team like mm-hmm. I do is, is is fun for me. You get so much perspective, right? It's not just about yesterday. You have to go back seven days against the Arizona Diamondbacks, where I've never heard Hendricks talk like this. I lost my mental approach. I lost my conviction to my pitches. It, it, he even said in between pitches with Wilson Contreras, he was not feeling it at all against the Diamondbacks a week ago. He was unsure of himself. Now, this is a guy that, yeah, maybe his mechanics get off, but I've almost never heard him talk about losing conviction. So what happens when you bottom out? A lot of times you, you get that bounce. So in between starts, he, he tells himself, I'm going to stick to the pitch that's called. I'm going to throw it with conviction, and look what the result is. You could almost say that if he doesn't bottom out last time, he may not have the performance he did yesterday. There's no way to know. Hmm. But I love how all I love how all these things are connected. There's no doubt in my mind one performance was connected with the other. And only in baseball wow. can you be that bad one day, ten hit seven runs, and be that good seven days later. You know, Jess, it's pretty amazing that you what you said too about and he said it after the game, how he and Contreras were on the same page all game long and basically Contreras put down the signs he threw the ball. It's so funny because every time you see a well-pitched game, pitchers will always tell you that. So you would think that pitchers would just listen to the catchers more often. Yeah, but remember, there's that there's that game that's not well-pitched where they did listen to the catcher <laughs> and things don't go well. So Oops. We, we, yeah, when things go well, everything's hunky-dory. When they don't go well, there's probably a list of five things, and maybe being on the different pages with the catcher is one of them. So... Um, it's easy when it goes well. You're right. But yeah. working backwards, you know, they're always searching for answers. And sometimes the catcher and pitcher aren't on the same page. It, it, there could be a lot of reasons. It, it, it doesn't have to destroy your, your outing that day, but it doesn't help. The re- it can't help destroy your outing. It just doesn't help you have a good one. The reason I thought that the other day, I was, I was watching Darvish pitch, and Darvish was on the mound, and he was shaking off his pitcher a couple or his catcher a couple times. And I said, just throw the ball. I mean, you've got seven pitches, and I'm, I know he's cut down a little bit, but I just want him to go out, out and throw the ball. And, you know, he, he has been actually improving, which is one of the reasons the Cubs haven't been improving and playing so well of late. 
Yeah, I mean, and we'll see what he does tonight. I mean, I do love this whole idea of an internal competition yep. uh, among hitters, among starting pitchers, among relievers. It's not a spoken competition, although sometimes it is like Lackey and Lester knew each other well enough. They would compete in different areas, mostly at the plate, I guess. But you know what I'm saying? Like, you don't want to be that one out of five that just stinks. You don't. You know what I'm talking with a starting rotation. Yeah. You don't. You don't want to go two start, two great starts, a bad one, then two great ones. You know, and and be that one guy that sticks out. So they do raise the bar on each other. I do believe in that uh, aspect of it, and I do believe there have been there have been performances this year that have fed off each other. For example, when Hamels goes 22 innings in a row without a walk, I think other pitchers see that. Quintana starts being more aggressive. Even Darvish started being more aggressive. So all this is in play, and these are the cool things about the game. Well, and think about it. They had that competition in 15 and 16, too, with Arietta and everybody else. And it came up back then, too. It came up how they wanted to make sure they weren't the guy that had the bad outing out there. So you're right. It is it is building off everything else. And, you know, with, with Darvish tonight and Quintana tomorrow, I mean, the Cardinals could be in for a really long weekend. And let's put it this way. There's a lot of talent. You can only have that competition if there's a lot of talent, and there <laughs> yeah, is. I know what you I mean, yeah. Been, and you know, I've said it a million times, they don't have DeGrom Scherzer talent, but they certainly have good talent. Let's face it, Quintana is still good. He has talent even on his bad days. Darvish has talent even on his bad days. The key is bringing out the good days more than the bad ones. And until now with Darvish, that hasn't been the case. But we'll see. He's starting to, to get better slowly but surely. For $126 million, everybody wanted it right away. Maybe it's going to come now. We'll see. Jesse Rogers. Jesse, one la- we got a lot to cover here, young man. Yep. A lot to cover. But one last thing on Maddox. <clears throat> Excuse me. So it's the uh, ninth inning. All right, Fred, four to nothing. The number nine hitter, uh, Fowler, gets a pinch hit. Okay, but it's four to nothing. So you're not worried. And the, and the next hitter pops out. So, man, on. Here comes Goldschmidt. He unloads one here. It's four to two. Uh, then you probably got to bring in someone from the bullpen. All hell can break loose. You never know. The professor strikes out Goldschmidt, the home run hitter, on three pitches. But not just any three pitches. Here's what we got. The first pitch... He breaks out the big bender, Uncle Charlie. For about the third or fourth time in the game, he throws a 69-mile-an-hour <clears throat> mile lollipop overhand curveball, right? And uh, yep. takes it. It's strike one. That's 69 miles an hour. The next pitch, 77-mile-an-hour changeup, and Goldschmidt weakly fouls it off. All right? Now it's no balls, two strikes. 69 miles an hour. 77 miles an hour. Now he unloads his 80, 87 mile an hour two seamer sinker and swing and a miss up high though. He brought that sinker up here and he had no chance. He struck out one of the best hitters, power hitters in the game, Goldschmidt. Made him look bad on a 69 mile an hour curve, a 77 change, and an 87 two seam sinker. And you know what that 87 looked like, probably about 93, 94. There you go. I mean, that, that's the beauty of, of Greg Maddox. It really doesn't matter what that low number is, mm-hmm. as long as there's, a, is a, there's enough distance between the low and the high. Yeah. I mean, we, we see Arietta used to throw 93-mile-an-hour sliders, uh, or 92, <laughs> 91, sliders, right. and, but he would throw 98 on the fastball. So as long as there's some d- uh, difference there, and, and I mean, Hendricks is a master at it when he's mm-hmm. on his game. So that... I mean, to see that in the ninth inning, him work it like that against Paul Goldschmidt, was, it was just a thing of beauty. And by the way, if I can name drop Mercer yeah. like this, yeah. right yeah. after the game, I, everyone's a Maddox, it's a Maddox, it's a Maddox. I, I, text, I texted Greg Maddox. I'm like, did you see that? Hendricks just threw a, uh-huh. a Maddox, and I put it in quotes. <laughs> nice. Um, did, you, did you watch that? You know, and 
since we're good buddies, I have not heard back from him. There you go. <laughs> That's good, Jess. Did not hear back. Yeah, why should he be different from anybody he, else? He was he was too busy. <laughs> he was he was too busy changing his phone number. Yeah, probably, yeah. probably. <laughs> that damn Jesse still got my number. All right, Jesse, let's rapid fire here. Number one, John Lester, you wrote a great piece the other day, and uh, as most of the things you write, you got the juices flowing. That's your job, but you've had a good angle as to John Lester. The best, is he the best? Chicago, all sports, all sports, free agent signing of all time. How'd that turn out? Did you get a lot of uh, pushback on that or what? No, no. I mean, I, look, I didn't write it as some major hot take. Right. No, I know, uh, I know. Because, you know just, to, just to be clear, uh, because I even said that, you know, maybe he's not, but certainly nobody has surpassed. He's like sure. equal to. Mm-hmm. And actually it came up because uh, Joe Madden actually started talking about it. Here's a guy that now Joe's been in. In Chicago, five years, he knows a little bit of the history. Now, he didn't bring up Marion Host's name, but obviously that's the name that I got a lot of people responding to. But what's the difference? You know how we rank these things. The fact that matter is free agency is such a roll of the dice. We can only come up with two, three, four names, right? In the history of, the, of all these sports, there's, there's only a few names that came up, and Hosa was one, and John Lester was two, or Lester was one, and Hosa was two. I don't know, uh, Fred, you can come up with some on the south side. Was, right. it was, does Bell qualify? I don't know. I mean, there's not that many no, there's free not. agents. Not many free agents by by definition. Like they, you, you, you come in as a 30-year-old, your best years could be behind you, or 32-year-old. So that's the reason. Um, the bottom line, Murph, we, we spend so much time saying how poorly Theo spent Ricketts' money. Here's one that he spent wisely, at least one. Well, right? I understand right now he's trying to contact you. Uh, Dave Kingman has your number there. He says, I was the best free agent signing the Cubs ever had. Probably one of the best for the White Sox was Carlton Fisk, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. They got Fisk go. as a free agent. And yeah, uh, there you go. so that would be probably the best that you can that you can come up with, I think. Good on number someone, 72. Someone, someone, Someone tweeted at me, uh, David Ross. I'm like, well, mm. I mean. As it I turns guess. out, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but not in terms of numbers, but in terms of presence, sure, okay. What anyway, other, what uh, a, then you got to vote for Jason Hayward if you're going to go that way. Well, I'm glad you mentioned Jason Hayward, too, because I can't remember if it was this past week or the week before that. But if people have not gone and read Jesse's interview with uh, Jason Hayward, you've got to read it. Because, hey, uh, Jesse, I, I know you, you've you talked to him quite a bit since he's come here, but I can't imagine anybody's gotten more out of him than you did in that interview. It was such a great interview and such a great article you did. Thanks. It was 40 minutes in the dugout in Miami, and that is a long time to spend with a player before a game. Um, for some reason, I may be obvious he was off to a good start, he just has been a little bit even more open than normal. And he's usually pretty open in terms of availability, but to, to really, you know, pour out uh, some of the stuff that he did, I, I, I thought it was very interesting as well. And, and you know what I like talking to him, Murph? Just take away the contract. The guy is a baseball rat. You know, he really is. He was talking about the thing that was most interesting was just talking on another level when it comes to Javi, Rizzo, he brought up. Zobrist and Joe, just they, they're on another level when it comes to baseball. Just the looks they give each other, just the conversation they have. He even said it. It's not about sixty feet, it's six inches to us. We're thinking ahead. We're doing this. We're doing that. And you see that in the play out of those guys. I mean, Baez is the great example of that. But we know Hayward has this uh, unbelievable baseball IQ as well. Well, you know, he hasn't necessarily applied it to the hitting, but because obviously we know that's not necessarily connected. 
Um, hitting is just this weird, strange thing that some guys are great at, some struggle at, and some are up and down, and he certainly qualifies for that last thing. But he's, he's a great guy to be around. Jesse, thank you. And, and I'm Jason Hayward. The, uh, not the say hey kid. That was Willie Mays. The J-Hey kid. You know what? Something's happened here. Now, not only is he... What it is ain't exactly clear, yeah, right? It's ex- yeah. <laughs> Cue that up there. Instead of the Jesse music, it's going to open up with... Uh, Something's happening here. Yeah. Right, I thought you said no singing. No, there isn't. I just, I mean, I, I what just, it is ain't exactly clear. Right. I know. Okay. His words. Very good, Fred. Now, Hayward, not only is he hitting better, he's, now this is just me, my eyeballs, anecdotally, he's, he looks, he's running better, and he's playing defense better. Now, I don't know what happened last year, maybe the last year and a half. I don't know if this offseason, if he talked to you about, did, did he lose some weight? Did he work out more? And again, I'm not you know, going to say he, that means he didn't. He was, he was out of condition. I'm not saying that last year or two. But there's something happening here, Fred and uh, Jesse, because take away the hitting. He's looking better. He's more fluid. He looks more mobile. mobile. He's playing better right field and center field, or maybe that's just me. Well, I made a couple errors, but those are weird I'm not errors. talking about Better. errors. I mean, just yeah. in... No, yeah, I know. Yeah, 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 I know, um, right. I, I'm trying to think. Uh, you know, I agree with you. He was trading the wrong way. Not mm-hmm. the, like you said, not like god-awful way, but he didn't win the gold glove last year, right? I don't believe he did. Um, he won it the two years previous, I think. Anyway, I agree with you. He was trending negatively, and he looks better moving back on balls for sure if I just start uh-huh. thinking about games. Yeah, so I would okay. agree. that it's, right. like a, it's like a different Jason Hayward this year in general. Uh, you know, sometimes you just you go through those moments of pressure, and then you just say, screw it, I'm just going to go out and play. I do feel like he's in that mode. Like, all right, I, even in the Q&A, said, the contract's the contract. It's always going to be there. What can I do to help the cause? Right. I'm just going to play, play as best I can. Okay, now, I, I agree. Sometimes in life, Coach Ditka, like, you do a couple bad radio shows, which, you know, Fred, you and I would not know about. No. But over 25, yeah, 30 heard, years. We've heard that can be done. And then yeah. you come in the next, you know, or flip it. You got two or three great shows, and you're feeling better about it. You know, and you maybe then, it, so what I'm saying, Jesse, maybe because he's hitting better. Mentally, he's feeling better in general about himself. I don't mean now physically like I was alluding to. He might just say, you know what? It's clicking. I'm back, baby. You know, George Costanza, I'm back, baby. Maybe it's sure. all, it just all works in the synergy. Well, that's what I'm saying. Do you think I spend 40 minutes in the dugout with him if he's sitting 150? Nothing against him. He's always <laughs> available. But I don't think yeah. he want to sit down and open himself up okay. when he's sitting 150. So, I, I, so that translate that to all aspects of his game. I 100% agree with you. When you're hitting, man, you are on top of the world. Everything feels good, mm-hmm. uh, better. Mm-hmm. So I don't disagree with you. I think it's probably connected, sure. So you haven't talked to uh, Brian, who's hitting 229. <laughs> he's hitting better. I mean, he's doing a better. Bit. He is doing better, and he's going to be all right. You see him drive some balls. You know, yeah. Not everyone can be Baez and, you know, to start the season or or be Rizzo in May or whatever. Right. I mean, there's ups and downs, so we'll see. But at least he is looking better. That's the good thing. It's like Hendricks. Once you show you can do it, you know you can do it again even if you struggle. So right. that's the beauty of seeing what Hendricks has done these last couple three uh, out of three starts. He's shown he has it in him again. We know Brian has it in him. It's just a matter of when. we got to get Jesse a little more hip. He's not driving the ball. He's barreling it up. 
Sorry. <laughs> Jesse Rogers for a couple more minutes. He was there yesterday uh, at Wrigley Field. Jesse, uh, three bunt hits this year for Kyle Schwarber, pushing him down the line, beating the shift, helping the team. Such a smart play. Very, very cool. Oh, my God. I love it. You know, any old school baseball guy loves it. The three of us are, are you know, yeah. qualify for that. Joe loved it, called it the play of the game, and I don't think hmm. that was the, off the cuff. I think he wants his team to know I'm going to recognize that kind of a selfless act more than a three-run homer um, just so it, it permeates, you know, to the rest of the group. Why not take it? I, th- I said this in spring at one point. I think Rizzo and Schwarber will have the most bunched, bunt hints Bunt hits uh-huh. they've ever had just for themselves. Mm-hmm. Whatever the career number is, it's probably mm-hmm. three or four for mm-hmm. each of them. They will achieve it this year, I believe, because of the, how dramatic the shift is and and how much they hit into it. And you know, get it. I love the fact that Schwarber homered the night before and yep. his first at bat the next day. He's bunting for a hit. That to me is he's thinking team, not about himself. Javi Baez uh, sitting on uh, ten homers, and you first had this a few weeks ago. He's tacked on a few more. Uh, it appears uh, one home run to left field, about three to center, and the rest to what they call a right of center field. Those numbers are about right, correct? Ten homers, one to left field? Yep, and six to right and right center, exactly right. Nine all of last year, Oppo. That tells you everything you need to what know. What does it tell? Just, tell the fan out there that's driving around and it's not a baseball guy as like maybe, you know, you. What does that tell you? Even if you haven't seen him with your eyes, but you hear that stat, what does it tell me? He's being a little bit more patient at the plate because he's letting the ball travel deeper. He's taking what the pitcher gives him. You know how they like to hammer the outside part of the plate against him because he'll, he'll expand his zone. But if they miss, look what he's doing. So now you really have to go outside and he's maturing, maturing enough that he's not swinging so wildly at those pitches. So now the outside portion isn't what it used to be. That's the biggest thing I see. They're going out there. He's taking the ball out there as well. Uh, and then if you come in, of course, he's going to pound it to the left. That's not a question. So uh, it tells me that he's laying off the, 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 those questionable pitches a little bit more, and he's hitting the ones that the pitchers miss, mm-hmm. and he's hitting them to right field. Right. You know, the one thing you said about him, though, that I – kind of disagree it's not necessarily a bad thing but i think he's he swings wildly at everything uh if it's inside if it's outside he makes contact so it's fine but i think he swings wildly because think of all the times he swings and misses he's down on one knee i I, he's not he's not what you would call a contact hitter he's always swinging wildly no i i I don't disagree with you i i think my point is he's not swinging outside the zone as much right right. you're right swing well i mean the, for the, to generate the power to right and left, you're right. You're, yeah. you're getting some huge swings. I just don't think he's offering up at those bad pitches as much. And when the pitcher tries to go out there and misses, he can spot, still hit him. Javi jumps on it. Yep, so I right. don't disagree with you. Yeah, he's a wild swing. All right, okay. uh, uh, rapid fire here, Jesse. In the game yesterday, Javi Baez, there's a goofy play, not goofy odd play. Cubs are still, they're up four to nothing, and that'll be the uh, uh, final score, but uh, seventh inning, two out, and they got men on first and third, and Contreras is up. Baez is the runner on first, and uh, Rizzo on third. There was a play where then Baez takes off for second, gets in a hot box, back forth, back forth, and then Rizzo makes the break for the plate out at home, technically out stealing home, you know, he went, and, and the inning's over. My contention is Baez either on his own or a play that Joe Madden works on with these guys in spring training. It was a planned play. They 
Baez intentionally got in that hot box and said, you guys got to get uh, Rizzo out at home to end the inning. Maybe we'll get a, I don't want to say cheap run, but a surprise run. Uh, or was Javi just a, a goofy and running and uh, bad on his part? I, I don't have the answer, but for that to be a plan play, I'd much rather see Baez at third and, and Rizzo at first sure. and getting into a rundown. Oh, yeah. You All know, right. mm-hmm. Baez is great at, at surviving a rundown, but then you got Rizzo running from third to home. So I'm going to guess it was okay. on Baez. All right. But I don't know. I don't know that for sure. It was four nothing. I didn't really pay that much that close right. to it. Cool. But you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Could have been a plan play. I just don't like Rizzo running on uh, uh, the back end of that. All right, uh, rapid fire. Uh, so Chatwood. Is that Tyler? I never can remember. Right? Yeah. Chatty. Yeah. Chatty. Yeah. All right. I remember in the winter, I said it. Jesse, you said it. Fred, I think you agreed. You can't get nothing for him. You know, might as well. You got to keep him. You, who's going to pick up $26 million over two years and he can't find a play? You could ex- absolutely get nothing for him. Now, I, I propose you couldn't get enough for him. If someone knocked on your door. No, I'm serious. If someone knocked on your door... This guy is more important now. You don't have a sixth starter anywhere in the farm system. Uh, Mike Montgomery, love him or not, I, you know, I never thought he was a five-inning guy, but whatever. But Chatwood right now, they say he's great in the locker room. The, the pitching coach, everyone loves him. He's a hard hard. There's another Jim Rat type guy. Jesse, this guy Chatwood, he's got a chance now to be a key guy. I don't even know what, he's gonna, what his role is. You're not wrong. I already think he is a key guy. When you're when you're number six on a veteran staff, you're a key guy. I mean, Lester could have another little thing pop up. Darvish could it. We know Darvish could at any moment, right? Um, Hendricks has had hand problems before, could miss a start. He's already a key guy, just like Montgomery was in previous years. Montgomery made 19 starts last year. I contend the Cubs don't get anywhere near the playoffs without uh, uh, Montgomery and what he did yeah. as a oh, yeah. spot starter. And, mm-hmm. I mean, remember, Montgomery was replacing Darvish. I mean, that was a huge, those were huge shoes sure. to fill, at least on paper. He outpitched Darvish. So I don't disagree with you. That role is important in this day and age. Um, starters don't go more than five or six. And then if sometimes you want to piggyback with a long man, there's Chatwood for you. Start, You know, a guy doesn't make 32 starts, there's Chatwood. So he's as important as Montgomery used to be. And you're right about all that stuff in the locker room. Good connection with his teammates. Um, now, here's the thing. If somebody really was dying for Tyler Chatwood, Montgomery can go back into that role. But you won't get any – no one's going to offer enough. Probably not. not. Not not for the money they're picking up. Okay. That's the way they'd look at it. <laughs> they'd say, hey, we're picking up $26 million almost or whatever it is now, $20 million. I'm not giving you a, 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 a class A pro, you know, yeah. a number A-plus a prospect for you. So – a uh, grade A prospect, I should say. So, yeah, I, I agree. You probably couldn't get a ton for him at all. all, right, all right. You would just be able to uh, unload the money, though. You know what I was going to say? The luckiest guy in the world because we're out of time, but I'm going to steal. I know, big, bad shot. I know we're late. The guy Borzello. Tell everybody, number one, what his first name is, and number two, what he does for a living, <laughs> which is just the facts. Borze- Mike, Mike Borzello. Borzello. And what does he do the- for a living? He's a game planner for the Cubs, pitching game planner. And uh, uh, works with the catchers also, right? Yeah, yeah, catching coach. All right. but that's mostly spring training, but he's a, he's a game right. planner. All right. Number one, on Tuesday at Seattle, he caught the entire game with his meat hand, bare hand arm, not behind his back, but laying out there, could have been hit by a foul tip at any time. Someone must have been watching on TV and actually picked up a phone and called somebody somewhere because 
voila, Wednesday. Now he's got, you know, the old tuck your hand behind you. So I guess for the entire nine innings, Borzy, uh, whatever you guys call him, didn't notice that. Number <laughs> number two. I'm not done. Number two. Borzella. What's his name? Borzella? Yeah. Okay, Borzy. Number two. All right. So Maples, Maples is out there throwing canned heat that's exploding like a freaking firecracker, to quote uh, Don Cooper used to use that line. All right. Now, two times on swings, Contreras turns his head to the right like in what's first thing you learned? You were an umpire, right, Jesse? Was that at North? Yeah. Did you stand behind a pitcher or did you actually have a, a, a face mask and no. stand? Behind the behind the catcher. Uh, sure. What was the first thing they taught you when you were going to be Mr. Umpire the first time? Don't ever turn your head left or right because you're wearing a mask. You turn your head left or right, clang, right in the ear hole, right, right in your ear. Right. Yeah. So yep, absolutely. Now, I don't know if I can blame Barzy for this because it happens so quick when uh, Dylan's out there throwing canned heat. But I hope that. Someone talked to Contreras and said, do you realize what you were doing? You turned your head, like, looking towards the, visit, the first base dugout. If either of those guys hit the foul ball, you'd be dead on arrival. Now, I'll give you a, another one. All right? The, uh, now, this is uh, when Kinsler pitches. He never looks back at second base ever. Now, I don't know if this is Borzy's job or Madden's job, but I'll give you one can't do one thing. The team like the Cardinals, they got something called mm, advanced scouts. Now, someone better, maybe you, I don't know, I don't have his phone number. Someone tell Kinsler or someone, you do it every once in a while, you look back at second base. All right? Just to, uh, you know, and, and here's the last thing that Borzy can tell Contreras. Uh, yesterday, okay, yesterday, uh, they, the Cubs picked a runner off first base. Bader was his name, all right? Picked them off first. It turned out to be a 1-3-4-1-4 hot box. Now, had it gone one more throw, which is a whole other topic, Contreras did a great job. He ran down. He didn't have to, no, nothing at home to do, responsibility. He's down on first. He would have been the next one to throw to. He's standing on a bag where he ought to be. He's wearing his mask. Now, he's wearing, you're, you're learning Little League. You throw the mask away if you're going to be involved in a rundown, don't you? Whatever. What I mean, do I know? I'm, I wrote all these down. I'm going to bring him to Borzello tomorrow. I'm going to bring him to Pinsler. I'm going to say my guy has been watching baseball longer than you guys have been alive. Here's his ideas. Well, so, we know we know why we know why he's protected, and we know why he'll always have a job. And uh, it's a great gig to have. Now it, it goes way up. It goes way. It goes higher than the Cubs is why he's working there. But that's not for me to break. You can break that anytime you want, Jesse. Maybe when he, maybe when he gets a job as manager somewhere, we can talk about it. Right? Why he's got a job? For sure, whatever yeah. you want, absolutely. I know. I love. Hey, hey you know what? I, I've met Joe Torrey. He's the nicest guy in the world. All right, you, you got his, got Jesse's music. Let's hit it. Saturday. Thank you, Jesse. You got it, guys. Have a great weekend. It's beautiful out there. Enjoy the coffee, Jess. See ya. So, guys, Jesse Rogers. He wears me out. Lots of stuff. Especially when they're winning. There's a lot of stuff when they're winning and a lot of stuff when they're losing. So, <laughs> three, three, two, three, seven, they won five seven, in a row six. now, so everything's good. We're, we're going to shoehorn in some bears. Got plenty of socks talk to talk about how they white flagged it in the ninth inning. We got that and more. It's ESPN 1000. Vote now at ESPN 1000. Mike Murphy. 
Fred Hubner back together on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Now halfway home, I hope you're having a great, great sunny for a change, sunny day Saturday in Chicago. Fred Hubner alongside. And happy Derby Day. Oh. Happy Derby Day. Because you know, it will be uh, it will be right here on mm-hmm. ESPN 1000. Four to six. We've got the Kentucky Derby, and uh, I'm trying to figure out my picks. My wife gave me her picks already. I got to stop it. I don't know. Stop at Oak Brook OTB. I think on the way, on the way home today, and uh, they've got tents outside and tellers outside. And it's gonna be all kind of fun. Perfect day. Is no rain or anything out there. Dana and I, lovely Dana, we each put five bucks in a hat. Uh-huh. We, I get the even horse numbers or odd number horses, and then uh, you know someone, hey, I got ten bucks, and then we call for, for a little pizza. Then you get a pizza. You know what? You ever send out for that pizza these days? Even we don't send out for anything. Pat always wants me to send out. And have, I don't like people coming to my house delivering food. I would have thought you a, no. loved that. Uh-uh. Well, if I'd it was, rather go get it. Well, what if a listener said, I'm going to bring over a lot of free food? Uh-uh. No, no. no. I'll come and get the food. <laughs> I don't like anybody coming to the house. <laughs> it's just like Pat says, let's call Let's call Grubhub. Let's call DoorDash. Let's, I said, no, I'll go get it. So the cul-de-sac, you like it or you don't? I would think you like it because they're just not random people driving by. If you look, oh yeah, it's the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, when right. someone comes in, everybody looks. Oh what yeah, what the hell's that car doing in our oh, cul-de-sac? Yeah. yeah. Oh no, no, I, cul-de-sacs I, are the best. That's perfect for you. Yeah, a cul-de-sac <laughs> at the end of a street is even better. Yeah, because then there's no reason for them to ever be no. down there. Hey, what are you doing here? Yeah. So you don't look lost. It's also nice to have my buddy Mike, uh, who's who's, oh, yeah. who's in the uh, subdivision. He has. Uh, a you know, former cop, you so know, that helps. Too. To get a little pizza sent over, and I was like twenty two bucks, twenty four. Once you leave a tip, it's crazy. Yeah, I don't. That's I don't tip anybody. I just go pick it up. How all I do now? I, do, I mean, I, I tip at restaurants. Don't get me wrong. Always I, a twenty percenter. I've seen you. I'm a twenty percenter. Oh, I know you are. Yeah. You are. And uh, I just go to uh, the jewels and the jewel and uh, get the old home run in frozen. Yeah, I've got. I've always Six, got seven bucks. I always got some of those in the fridge. The best. Yeah, every once in a while you you can get them two for ten. Yeah, I ever tell you we had to get so we had to get a new refrigerator about five years ago. So lovely and Dan and I we headed up to here. We're living downtown for a million reasons: bicycles, yeah, etc. Uh-huh. So that's okay. Scooters are coming. I got out just in time. Yeah. Wait till the scooters yeah. get here. Yeah, yeah, that'll be fun. That uh, scooter. I was watching Windy City Live. Ryan Chivarini. We were talking about the scooters yeah, yesterday. I thought they were talking about Phil Rizzuto of the old Yankees. No. Scooter. Now, uh, that'd be a good nickname for uh, Tariq Cohen. Scooter. Yeah. Yeah. There would be. Does he have a nickname? He's got a lot. Human Joystick. Yeah, I don't That's like one that. of his. Yeah, oh, well, the kids like that one, you know, video games, joysticks. So we're looking at about 25, you know, houses and out in the LaGrange, Olin Park, you know, townhomes. Finally, we find one, and the one we end up buying. Uh-huh. And one of the things, see, the, I love the look of the, the refrigerator. Right. It was like a double door, you know, open. Yeah. Uh, but not the, not the freezer on the bottom drawer. Uh-huh. So the, the left opening was the freezer. Okay. And it was like one-third the size of the two-thirds. The other side opened up. That was the right side. That was the refrigerator. Right. And the free. I thought that was cool. You uh, thought it was cool. Yeah, until I found out it wouldn't hold. A pizza box. A home run in frozen pizza. Yeah. yeah we got to get a new refrigerator. Uh-huh. Yep. 
Yeah. Who would have thought of that? That's the problem I have with those those double doors. You think the uh, crook home uh, inspector that I hired uh, would have th- you know what? Uh, this, uh, no, okay. But turned out to the good. Everything turned out great. So, let's bring in Big Bad Sean. All right, we've been talking about it. We've been talking about it. In the ninth inning yesterday, down 6-1, to one, only five runs down, the White Sox, I call it a white-flagged video game. Yeah, they brought in a uh, position player down 6-1 to one in the ninth inning. Uh, Rondon from second base. Two hits, no earned runs. So you can, well, hey, hey, you didn't give up any runs, friends. You're right. Yeah, Factual, you didn't give up any runs. Factually correct. If you gave up runs, it would be more of a talking point, I think. And, but, then, and then I said, you know what? It's disrespecting the game. Okay, 12 to 1, 9 to 1. I don't know. Not eight. Where's the line? You know, line of a demarcation. I don't know. Oh, it's one of those unwritten rules. If, that's another. If I hear that anymore, I'm so tired of that. Some guy's got a whole book out about the unwritten rules. Okay, popping up here and there. Fred? I think it was a joke and a farce and uh, bad for the integrity of the game. But uh, how did the people vote? It was A, it was smart, or B, it was a joke to, uh, you know, sort of wave the white flag. Uh, six to one, Big Bad Sean. What did the fans say? 66% of the fans said it was a joke, mm-hmm. meaning 34% said it was a smart move. All right, now, it didn't look like that. That surprised me. I, I would have thought fans would have went the other way. You thought it was flip for it? Yeah, I would have thought it would have been the other way. Now, it appeared that they probably weren't going to get five runs. Not last night. Cold. Uh-uh. I think it was starting to drizzle. Like oh, it. no, no. It rained for about the sixth uh, inning on. It was hard to tell yeah. on TV, but, uh, you know, uh, the two guys. Jason Benetti, Steve well, Stone. I, I was trying to be yeah. polite. The two guys. Yeah, uh, I'm you know, trying to be polite by mentioning the names. But, hard to listen to, but But the it's White Sox. Now, Sorry, Jason. Delmonico uh-huh. hit the uh, three-run walk-off. Uh, they were down 4-3. I believe that was like uh, Friday. Was that Thursday? No, it was Thursday. Okay, Thursday right. night. Well, here. This is one of those deals where the, the producer or whoever works up graphics and stats for us or anybody, you know, before the game. You feel, I nailed it. Here about the seventh inning, and the Sox were trailing. Uh, they they show this graphic, and uh, well, here's uh, the guys that are reading the graphic about the White Sox. White Sox in the seventh inning and beyond this year are number one in batting average, number one in on-base percentage, second in slugging, and plus 20 coming into tonight in a grand total of 28 games. I mean, it's about plus one a game for the Sox this year in the late innings. Now, what happens about two innings later? Oh, one. Delmonico hits it well. Right center field. Bradley at the wall. Jackie Bradley can't make the catch. Hey, Nicky, it's a three-run homer. And the Sox win another walk-off. All right, both those highlights courtesy WGN Television. Point is... They're number one and number one, number two, number three, and all these stats, you know, seventh inning on. Now, uh, one of the wise guys out there could say, that's not sustainable. If I hear that, I'm so tired of that phrase. Okay, maybe it's not sustainable, but why not? Uh-huh. Point is, I just didn't like them bringing in the uh, position player, Fred. And, you know, yeah. not, I don't mind. Not, not a Cubs Sox thing. Yeah. In general, I would have no. liked it if the Cubs did it. I don't mind the position player. I just, I thought where you're making fun of the game, you're not, you know, um, when you had Jose Rondon just throwing, mm-hmm. just basically lobbing the ball to the plate. Mm-hmm. And that's what he was doing. And uh, 
four of them did. I mean, he went to three balls on a couple of guys because the ball wouldn't get to the plate. Yeah. And then he threw the ball a little bit quicker, and then they popped it up because they're swinging hard and things like that. Had a rocket shot to third base right to Mount Cotta to end the inning. And, uh, yeah, that was the problem I had. I don't have a problem with a pitcher coming in yeah. or in a guy, and I know they're try- you're saving the bullpen at that point. Maybe they said, listen, they did. This game was over, in their opinion. They were down 6-1. to one. They weren't coming back. So... You know, that's that's never the way to look at a game, but that's the way they were feeling yesterday. And, uh, you know, you could you could be against it or not, but, you know, like I said, I, I'm not, I have no problem with it until he starts lobbing the ball like he did. That was making a joke of the game. Well, maybe that's all he felt he could do to get a strike. I don't know. You no, know? he could have threw the ball harder than well, he did but maybe, because he eventually uh, did throw uh, the ball harder. So that's that's uh, what, you know, he was he was throwing. He throws the ball to a guy in the stands. Harder than he was throwing the ball to the plate. Hey, I finally, without a doubt, I finally figured out who Anthony Rizzo is. He's, he's pretty damn good. I'll tell you that. Here's who he is. It's only taken me what five, six years to figure this out. He's Mark Grace with power. Mark Grace was a terrific fielder. Don't think he smokes as much. Good point. Yeah. Or any of the other. Uh-huh. Oh, no, we don't know. No, we don't. But know smoke nothing. though, I would think he doesn't smoke. We don't much. know nothing about nothing here. Okay, so next. Anthony Rizzo is Mark Grace with power. Now, Rizzo, I thought, was going to be a butcher at first base his whole career when Oof. he first came up. Uh-huh. He's now slick. Yeah. He's slick. Glover. He's slick to the point of almost a fancy Dan lefty, which is a rare breed. Yeah. Right? You can't be a fancy Dan righty at first base. I don't know why, no. but you can't. No. It doesn't work that way. So, Rizzo and Grace, all right? So, uh, Grace career 303 batting average, Rizzo 269. So, you got Grace way ahead there. Yeah. On base, Rizzo's higher. Now, look, look at this. Grace batting average 303, Rizzo just 269, 74 points. But Grace is behind Rizzo in on base because he gets hit by so many pitches. Right. Slugging Rizzo, here's uh, on base plus slug, pretty close. 854 Rizzo, 825 Grace, but here's the killer. Rizzo's averaging 29 homers for 162 games. Gracie was 12. Ribeyes, 97 Rizzo, Gracie 83. But uh, Grace was a hell of a player, yep. but Rizzo's got the pot. You know, the Cubs are uh, Cubs have three of the top five guys in baseball by uh, hit by pitch. Okay. Well, we know it's Riz. Oh, Brian. Brian and Contreras. Been, Brian's been peppered. Contreras. <laughs> I think. I think Rizzo's nine. I think Brian's seven, and Contreras is five. Something Murphy like that. Fred, back in a flash. Lots to cover. We're going to go down on the farm in a little while. Uh, in the next hour, Double A White Sox. See if you can give me a, some down on the farm music by eleven o'clock, uh, if you could, Sean Murphy and Fred, back in a flash. Hey, vote right now at ESPN One Thousand. Uh, glad you're with us. Busy, busy downtown. Looking out the first Midwest Bank studio window. Murph and Fred, got about an hour to go, a little more than that. Let's quickly bring in uh, Big Bad Sean. Sean, we have a bunch of Twitter poll uh, questions we haven't got to yet, gotten to yet. Bears fans, this is, I've been thinking about this, Fred. Bears fans, yes or no? Did Ryan Pace want to get a wide receiver with the second pick, as he did. Riley Ridley. And everything you read about, this, that was the Bears' second pick overall, right, fourth right. round, you know. And uh, Fred, 
Has, have you heard anyone actually uh, phrase it this way or broach it or talk about it? Do you think? I'm, he looks like a terrific uh, addition. He could be. He could be. Yeah. Whatever. Right. Yeah. Brother's really so, good. Do you think Ryan Pace wanted to get a wide receiver, you know, desired, oh, I hope I get that wide receiver with that second pick, the fourth round overall, as he did, yes or no? Well, let's first hear what the fans say. Let's bring in uh, Sean. What yeah, are we in? This is, is one of the closest really? polls of the day. Absolutely. Oh, okay. 54% of the fans saying yes, mm-hmm. and 46% of the fans saying no. And that's plus or minus 4%, right? Just work with me, right? So it's a tie, right? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Fred? I contend that, well, what do you think? I don't, I don't know that uh, you look at it, you uh-huh. don't think that's what you would call a position of need, but maybe, as they always say, we're taking the best player available, and they had him on the list as the best player available at that point. Bingo. You can never have too many wide receivers. Mm-hmm. Um, they took Javon Wims last year, looked really good when he didn't get an opportunity, didn't get a lot of chances, and uh, he was another kid uh, from Georgia. So you've got uh, you've got Georgia players all over the yeah. place now on this team. I agree. I didn't. I bet you that uh, in his mind, going into the draft. The last thing in the world he thought he was going to get was a, a wide receiver, you know, with his third or fourth round early. And like you say, the best player available must have been so much above right. everybody else. Yeah. Not just a little bit, the best player, far and away. Like a guy they might have had in the second round or third round projection, however they do sure. that stuff, you know. And he fell in their lap, and they had to take him. Uh, the next Bears uh, poll, Sean. Bears fans. Now, I heard this all week, Fred. All week. You know, well, you know, uh, Ryan Pace has done just about everything, uh, put everything into place for Trubisky now to succeed. He's got this, he's got that, he's got this, he's got that. He brought in a coach that's tailor-made. He's got the front five now. He's got the new wide receiver. Uh, He said the pressure is not on uh, that pace. It's not on Nagy. The pressure's on Mitch Trubisky. I'm thinking, well, I don't know if I agree with that, but let's see what the fans say. This has been rolling since about 7.30 this morning. Bears fans, A, B, or C, the most pressure is on Mitch Trubisky, Ryan Pace, Matt Nagy. Sean, is this 33-33-33? Uh, you would think so, but uh, no. <laughs> Mitch Trubisky, 82%. It's overwhelming. Everyone like says Most it. people say the pressure is solely on Mitch Trubisky's shoulders. Hmm. 10% Matt Nagy. Yeah. And then bringing up the rear, Ryan Pace at 8%. And to go back, what you were talking about with the draft pick there. Yeah. That was a great run. You know, positions go on runs in drafts. They probably wanted a cornerback. I wish a cornerback came to that position. But the cornerbacks that they wanted, there was a run in the second and third round. So, like you said, Riley yeah. Ridley was probably the best guy on the board, as Fred was talking about, and yeah. they just grabbed him. Yeah, yeah. They and did not expect, excuse me, they did not expect, you're saying, right, Sean, to have no. the wide receiver. They did not. And they, they couldn't. They probably were wishing that a cornerback was Right, there. one of the yeah. corners. And it's weird, too, because the two guys they took, they took a uh, they took Duke Shelley, and they're transitioning him to a nickel cornerback. And also the cornerback they did take in the seventh round just moved from a wide receiver last year. So, All right. you know, they always say that, you know, cornerbacks are usually wide receivers that can't catch the ball. 
So I don't know. Maybe he couldn't catch the ball and he moved into a corner. But uh, we'll see how he does. Uh, again, a seventh round pick. You don't expect a lot, but uh, one thing that Ryan Pace has been pretty good at is finding guys on the second and third days. So it's a runaway. The most pressure is on Trubisky, according to our vote. Uh, Matt Nagy uh, down, and then uh, very little pressure on. I would think they're the most pressures on Ryan Pace. He's the one that picked him. Listen, if we got to get, if we got to get, <laughs> if we're making shirts up that say "Don't let the pressure exceed the pleasure," yeah. for the for Mitch Trubisky, do we have to put like a little Joe Madden trademark on it? Uh, try not to suck. Yeah, yeah I wonder about that. <laughs> uh. Hey, let's go down on the farm. Uh, see what's happening with some of the uh, White Sox prospects. Much more to cover between now and noon. Oh, are the uh, Cubs uh, lineups out yet? Here's why I ask. No, nope. the starting pit really. So nope. the starting well, three o'clock. Oh, game. I know, but yeah. still, the starting pitcher for the Cardinals, right-hander Waka Waka, Michael Waka. He's a righty, but he's a reverse split guy. What? We'll talk about that after we go down on the farm. Murph and Fred back in a flash. ESPN One Thousand. Uno, dos. One, two, three, cuatro. Our number three, Murph and Fred, every Saturday, 9 till noon. Hey, next week, uh, 9 till uh, noon 30. Did nine, you see right, that? Right, 9 huh? till 1230. Yeah. Yep. We'll be leaning into a uh, baseball game, I believe. Yep. The Cubs. Cubs Brewers. Cubs I Brewers think it is. right here. Yep. A week from today. Uh, a little extra. No charge. No charge. You get us for three and a half hours. No charge. Never a charge. Thanks for being with us. One minute away from uh, down on the farm with the White Sox. First thing, uh, Cubs. Fred, have you seen? Is the Cubs lineup out yet? The games are Not like yet. three. Not yet. <clears throat> Reason I'm interested, starting pitcher for the uh, Cardinals, right-hander uh, Michael Waka. Oh, actually, as, I, as you, oh. 41 seconds ago it came out. All right. Now, he is a reverse split guy. In other okay. words, he's a right-handed pitcher that does better against lefties. So if you stack, better throw a bunch of lefties in there, Joe Madden. Got a righty on the hill. No. Righties, for some weird reason, he's one of those weird reverse guys. So I'm wondering, are we seeing an uh, uh, inordinate uh, number, amount of uh, lefties? Uh, who do we have there, uh, Fred? Uh, How does Taylor Davis Davis? Righty. Well, you okay. see, Contreras hasn't had a day off for about two months. Yeah. Okay. Uh, actually, I think he caught well, Darvish one of the last uh, right. times he pitched. Okay. So the only lefties in the lineup are Schwarber and uh, Rizzo. Oh, Descalso. Descalso. No Hayward. Okay. No, Hayward. All it's right. uh, Descalso, Bryant, Rizzo, Baez, Bodie, and Almora, Schwarber, Davis, and Darvish. So Bryant's in right field. Yes. Very cool. Darvish in uh, right. I mean, uh, Bryant in right, okay. Schwarber in left, mm-hmm. and uh, Bodie at third. And uh, later on this uh, half hour, Eddie Olchek was on, when, he was on a couple times this week. Yeah, uh, he was on constantly. Well, that is great. It's Derby Day. You can also oh, yeah. see him. Also see him on NBC today. It was yeah. on their their five hours of uh, Kentucky Derby coverage, and uh, so yeah. So well, that'd be we'll, cool. Uh, we'll replay a little snippet uh, later this half hour. Eddie Olchek with his picks for the Derby, and he did say, "Hey, it's going to rain. I might make some changes. You got to watch." So he said, right. "Yeah, he, he's a you he's know, a smart he's, guy. He's a tease. Uh-huh. That's a so uh, you know, don't do it until you're sure. But uh, he'll be on before the uh, Derby on." TV. And we've got it. By the way, if you're driving around, you can't make it in front of a TV. We've got the Derby for you right here on ESPN 1000 oh. beginning around 4 o'clock. And I say the Cubs are playing their best ball since 2016. 
but let's go down on the farm, Double A Birmingham. Hey, you got a little farm music for us there, Big Bad Shark? Old MacDonald had a farm, uh, E-I-E-I-O. It's a toe tapper. Ain't no cover charge, just country boys and girls getting down on the bar. Good job, Big Bad Sean. Let's go down to Birmingham, the Birmingham Barons. It's Kurt Bloom, play-by-play guy. Nice enough to visit with Murph and Fred uh, once or twice every uh, summer. Uh, Murph here, Fred alongside. Hey, Kurt, how you doing? Thanks for calling. Awesome. Uh, I feel like I'm home. You know, it, it's, like you said, a, a, a biannual <laughs> yes. visit. Um, the only difference is that we've been soaking up about 82 to 84 degrees okay. thing there you go. every day. There you I go. got my gigs in there. Uh, but it's good to hear your voices and, and always, you know, I was thinking for a second, thank goodness I am uh, preceding uh, Edzo. I, I can't I can't follow <laughs> legendary Ed Olchek. No <laughs> nobody can. So, no, nobody yeah. can. Hey, Kurt, no, Kurt no. tell you what, I'll, I'll step aside, Murph the Cub fan, and uh, let Fred get the ball rolling. Uh, Fred, sure. let's talk a little double-A oh, white side. Well, before we, I just want to, Kurt, how long have you been doing Birmingham Barons games? Uh, that's usually when I insert the phrase "too long." Um, it was uh, ninety-two. Okay, so you do the math because I can't anymore. I don't have enough toes and fingers. Uh, the easiest way to put it is uh, pre-Jordan, during Jordan, after Jordan. Okay, okay, okay. no, that's yeah, good. 92. One of the reasons was my first year. Before before I ask about guys that are playing this year, I wanted to ask uh, you about two of the prime guys, guys that have been there over the last year or two, uh, and those two guys being Dylan Cease and Eloy Jimenez. Obviously, Jimenez up here, uh, but he got injured playing left field, and then Dylan Cease is uh, quickly making the move that a lot of White Sox fans would like to see him on the mound at 35th and uh, Vec Drive, and uh, you know he's not there just yet. But I just wanted to get your spin on those two guys, on Dylan Cease and Eloy Jimenez, before we talk about the guys playing this year. Well, we'll start with Dylan, and we saw it all of last year. Now, this is a special, special guy with incredible stuff. Um, I, I love Michael Kopech a lot. He's a, he's a good friend. He's a great pitcher. I, I think right now that at the same stage that they were both at, I think it would be safe to say that Cease has a little bit more polish. Um, he's got just a, a, a little bit better breaking ball. He has a changeup. Um, these were things that were that Kopech were working on, especially at the big league level. Uh, but Cease was a little bit more polished at the same stage, so there's a tremendous amount uh, of excitement that is that is deserved. With Eloy, it, it's interesting now, uh, Fred, because we're having the next wave. We have Michael Rodolfo in Birmingham. Uh, Luis Robert just got here. And I tell everybody, I said, look, Eloy dominated this league. He, he didn't just get here and survive. He came here and he dominated. Uh, and I, I have guaranteed, I've said this everywhere, and everyone who wants to listen, offensively, Eloy is a can't-miss. I'm not talking about his defense. I'm not talking about an all-around five-tool player. But offensively, from what I've seen, uh, and I've been around quite a while, uh, he can't miss offensively. They're going to pencil him in left field. And this guy's going to hit, and he's going to hit, and he's going to hit again. Uh, part of it is his ability to use the entire field. And it's just a shame. These are at-bats right now that he really, really needs. And uh, I guess you got your glimpse, and then really 
uh, of all places, on a, on a really bad cold night. He has a uh, two-homer game at Yankee Stadium. Just to tease you a little bit, just to tease the Sox fan, going, this is what I'm very capable of. Right. And I think the injury is going to take away hundreds of at-bats that he really, really needed. And that's just too bad. That's just uh, the only way to put it. Well, one of the other reasons I wanted to ask about that is about three weeks ago, I said he's going to hurt himself in the outfield. He's going to get he's going to get someone killed. How was he as an outfielder in Birmingham? Or were you guys playing? Was he DHing or was he playing the outfield? And can he actually play the position? And where did he play? Did he play right field or left field? Uh, off the top of your head, also go ahead, please. Well, he, he started in. In fact, the first ten days he was in right field, and then from that day on, maybe day eleven, mm-hmm. game twelve. Uh, he stayed in left field the sure. rest of the year. Right, and, cool. No, he didn't DH. He yeah. played left field. Okay. Uh, Eli is never, he's not going to be a gold glove. <laughs> um, and, he, again, you sign and, and, and the um, the ability to get where he's at is because of that stick, because right. of that. Right. Can he play adequate and does he, he gets to balls? He doesn't drop them or clank them. He just doesn't have great range or great speed. But I will tell you, he'll work hard. And what what's in left field? Once it goes up, he'll make the catch. It's just not going to be a Gold Glove. Um, go go and get it and make a diving catch. And and certainly the center fielder uh, is going to need to be very active. You know, you got a guy like Adam Angle. If Angle's out there and he covers yep. a lot of space, that cuts down the area for Eloy. And, and it's something that we've talked about. And I had the privilege. Uh, every so often of seeing Aaron Rowan, who is one of the best, and, and Rowan talks a lot about it and, and puts a lot of pressure, of course, on the center fielder to cover the ground. There's There's got to be communication. So to answer it, again, Eloy is going to be um, adequate and he's going to be good. It won't be great. Uh, it doesn't need to be great. Right. Uh, it, 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 it doesn't need to be gold glove um, caliber defense. That bat will talk and more importantly, and I, I think, again, it's important to, to say it like this, he's not a butcher out there. He's not bad. It's just not great. You know, that's, there's a difference. Albert Omora uh, plays all three positions and, and, and played great defense right. wherever he's at. Eloy's going to be he'll – make, he'll make the catch. I think it's the easiest way to say it. Kurt Bloom, the Birmingham Barons play-by-play guy, joining us here on ESPN 1000. Now, I'm looking at the stats, the updated stats, and I printed them Don't. up, and there's a ton of outfielders. Don't. You got a bunch of them. You got uh, Rutherford and Lewis Robert. You just mentioned uh, Mike Rodolfo, Luis Gonzalez. None of these guys seem to be hitting like you thought yeah. they would hit. That's why I said don't look at the stats. <laughs> it's really not pretty right now. No, they're not. Um, you know, and they'll tell you one thing and they perform a different thing. I will tell you what, guys. In my 31 years of baseball, um, I've always said this, the toughest jump ever is from single A to double A, and that's what they're experiencing. Uh, every one of the guys you just mentioned, they're experiencing that jump. There's no – and so why is it? You ask why. Well, first of all, there are, the, the pitching pattern is where it starts, which means in, in Winston these guys are getting 2-1 fastballs, 3-1 fastballs, 1-0 fastballs. Here they're getting 2-0 change-ups, 2-0 sliders, completely different pitching pattern that they've ever seen. Uh, two – the speed and the athleticism of the infielders and the outfielders. I talked with Blake Rutherford about it, and Blake early on had a couple of hits. He said, if I'm in eight ball, those are going through. I'm getting uh, RBIs. I'm getting base hits. But guys here make plays at this level. So those are two reasons. Um, we're going to have to all, all of us, are going to have to just downshift 
one gear in terms of the expectations. I do think by the time we hit uh, stride, which is probably June, July, August, these guys will be more familiar, and their numbers will be what they were last year. Right now, it's a, it's a slower start than expected, and it's one of these things I talk a lot with Gavin Sheets. I really enjoy him, and I, I do believe he's the Sox first baseman of the future. And Gavin said, he goes with the, the infamous, let me grab onto this line, hitting is contagious. Right. And so you got six guys, seven guys, young guys up. None of them are hitting, so none of them are hitting. All right? And he said, look, we're capable of going on a 20-game binge and winning 15 games, 16 games, and just outpowering people, which is what they did last year. All those guys we, we mentioned, they all they weren't good. They were very good players last year. They all hit 290 and above, most of them 300. They all had near double digits in home runs. They drove in 60 to 70 runs, and they certainly shined. Things are completely different right now, and you could see the body language. You could see it in their eyes. Um, again, I, I went around the batting cage yesterday and talked with a couple people, and, and they're, they're pressing. They're absolutely trying to impress. They're, grip, they're gripping that bat a little bit stronger than they usually do, and they're trying to do a, a little bit too much instead of relax, is what, which is what they did last year, well, obviously, in, in Winston. Here's the one. I mean, I, I listed a bunch of guys. The one guy I didn't mention is second on the team at hitting, and that's Joel Booker, who most White Sox fans know nothing about. So what, what's he all about? Well, I love having Joel, and we, we had a chance to talk about it a lot during the broadcast because of all the name guys we just mentioned, um, Adolfo, uh, Luis Gonzalez, don't forget about him. Um, Luis Basabe, who is now back with us. Luis Robert, uh, Mike Adolfo, Blake Rutherford. Right? This is a great insurance policy. There is no doubt about it. Of all the guys, all of them, the fastest, from, first, uh, from home to first, and from home all the way around the bases, the fastest one, in my opinion, is Joel Booker. I put him against anybody I've seen in the minor leagues. So he comes with speed. Uh, number two, you talk about your defense again. Uh, Joel is capable of making that diving catch. He could play all three positions with us, with the Barons, primarily because of uh, Basabe coming up. Robert was on his way up and is here now. Uh, and Luis Gonzalez, uh, who they think could also play out there. Joel played the corners a lot got a very good arm, and the one thing that he really did, we talked about his hitting, and he, they try to beat him inside, and no, no player is going to be, it, it, you're not going to rise to any level if you can't hit a fastball inside. I mean, that's the bottom line in terms of hitting. So he, he understood that, but more importantly, taking the ball the opposite way, and he said to me, it was funny the way he said it, he said, look, I'm not just trying to flare it or just, just dunk it over the second baseman's head. I'm trying to hit it hard opposite way. So his pitch recognition was outstanding, and anything middle away, he drove it hard to right center, hard to right field, using his wheels, etc. So he's up in AAA right now, promoted about three or four days ago to make okay. room for some of the other guys. But a great guy, you know what? A great insurance policy. If others get hurt, if others don't pan out, you want a guy like Booker in there to just add to your depth. One of the things we were sitting here talking about during commercial breaks, and that is White Sox catchers that are around Major League Baseball. Tyler Flowers, you have you have a guy like Josh Fegley who had eight RBIs yesterday. You have all kinds of guys. Omar Narvaez gets sent to Seattle. Those and the are White parents, right? Yeah. Uh, the White Sox fans don't know about Zach Collins and Sebi Zavala, but I'm looking here, and who is your mean Mercedes? 
Well, veteran guy. The two guys that we had, and we just made another move, but German Mercedes and Alfredo Gonzalez were both just veteran catchers who have been around the game. Yerman's uh, fun to watch. He is, uh, um, uh, I don't know what we list him at, 5'10", 5'11", and if we list him at 220, he's about 250 and change. <laughs> okay. Uh, but he is fun to watch uh, offensively. Uh, he's a great hitter, uh, crushes the ball. And, again, we're looking at guys. Look, look. last year, this is what we, we talked about on radio, last year the Barons had the prospects in Zavala and Collins. This year, we have the veterans. These are the insurance guys. Now, the skill level that Mercedes and Gonzalez have are similar to what Navarre's had uh, and, and uh, uh, these other catchers. Right. All these guys need, um, guys, all they need, the new ones we've got, they just need that one word, and that's opportunity. And somebody gave, who would have thought, Omar Navarre's a, 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 a Rule 5 guy, a minor league guy, had a about two weeks in Birmingham, who would have thought he would do this well in Seattle? So you're not looking at young stud catchers at this level at Birmingham right now. They're all up. There. They're both of them in AAA. Um, but what we have is the veteran guys who, if somebody gave them a chance, could be a Tyler Flowers. All right, cool, cool. Well, I'm going to leave you with this, uh, Kurt, and it's great hearing and visiting as always. We'll do it again. One of our uh, Twitter poll questions that we run every Saturday morning uh, is this. The Cubs, Dylan, or White Sox, Dylan? Who will have <laughs> who will have the better career? Vote A, Dylan, Dylan Maples of the Cubs, or B, Dylan Cease of the White Sox. You gave a glowing, glowing report as an, I'm not surprised because he's terrific at Dylan Cease. Uh, did you ever see Dylan Maples? You don't see the Cubs come yeah. through there. Oh, he, he did. Yeah, they play in uh, Tennessee. They, yeah, Tennessee that's right. Smokies. Yeah, yeah, right. Right. So it's, we we see all the Cubs prospects and all the Cubs players. Seventy five percent of those guys yeah. uh, in Cubs uniforms have come through Double A in the last few years. Perfect. That being said, I better be partial. My organization would throw me out. <laughs> okay. But, but Cease, Cease is also a uh, not not only a tremendous pitcher. But everybody's ever been around. He'll tell you he's a tremendous person. Uh-huh. He gets it. Bottom line is he gets it. And so I'm partial, and I'm going to twi- I'm, I'm going to tweet out okay. peace over Maples. All right. Well, I'm voting Maples. So there. <laughs> and I know what Fred is going to do. So I'm in, I'm going to be two to one. Hey, always a, a pleasure. We appreciate your personal time. We'll catch up in August or later. See what's happening down on the farm. White Sox Double A Birmingham Barons. Thanks a million, Kurt Bloom. Appreciate your personal time. Thanks, Kurt. My my absolute uh, pleasure. Have a right. wonderful, wonderful day, guys. Thank you. Old MacDonald had a farm. E-I-E-I-O. Ain't no cover charge, just country boys and girls. Well, hitting both spectrums right there, huh? Yep. I love it. Hit them both. Good job, Big Bad Sean. All right. Uh, tell you what. I want to vote. Uh, get, have, uh, if you want to vote right now, Eddie has been 1,000. The Cubs, Dylan, or the White Sox, Dylan? Who will have the better career? Dylan Maples at a Cubs, Dylan Cease at a White Sox. Now, admittedly, I've seen very little with my eyeballs of Dylan right. Cease. Right. We see the numbers. We hear the reports. You just heard that. Uh, and I have not until this year seen much of Dylan Maples. He had a game. He had an uh, inning. He had an inning the other day in Seattle that was beyond belief and almost uh, beyond description with something that you rarely ever see. So we'll get back to that in a little while. But first, 
you know what, Fred? I think it's time for the old yellow pad. Let's see here. The sun just came out, so I can't see my board. You got a little yellow, uh, mellow yellow pad music for me there, Big Bad Sean? Ah, there's my guy. Thank you, Sean. Uh, yellow pad. Fred, I don't know if you happen to notice this, but it's been occurring more and more. So just like it, it's like it coming at you and you don't realize it. Like, you know, like you need a new prescription for your glasses uh-huh. over time, right? Well, it happened again, and I think it happens a lot more than I had thought. So I'm watching the ball game. This would have been yesterday, the Cub game. Okay, fine. It's around the top of the sixth inning. And the uh, Cubs pitcher, which would be, well, it had to be Kyle Hendricks, right. because he pitched Pitch a complete game. game. Right. right. And uh, top of the sixth, run around first, you know, no, nobody out. And uh, the, the Cardinals are, are uh, batting, I should say. The Cardinals are batting. Their pitchers are bad. I'm sorry. Doesn't matter. The pitchers are bad. Man, And all of a sudden, TV goes to what they, uh, I think we call a split screen. Yeah. So on the left side, you see the game. And it's smaller. It's weird. And on the right half, you see a commercial. A commercial, right. And, and we love all our They're sponsors. squeezing them in everywhere we now. We love commercials. I mean, you know, commer- it's commercial television. Well, there's a time and Com- a place. Oh. Very rarely, right. yeah, very right. rarely will you hear a 30-second uh, commercial over us on the radio. We may read a 30-second commercial, but we're not going to be talking and while we're talking, the left channel... Don't give any ideas! At least not yet. The left channel <laughs> of your radio would play a commercial. All That's right. not happening. So, On TV, though, you know, it's a visual, so you can you can watch both. So, but here, and yes. Now, here's what happens. Seventh inning yesterday, Cardinals, you know, they have a man on first, nobody out, the pitcher's up. They all of a sudden, boom! They got a split screen. Now, a word from whoever, right? Right. So that commercial on the right side is not just visual. It's got sound. Sure it does. It's also audio. It's like a regular commercial. Right, they shut the sound off. They shut the sound off on Len Casper and Jimmy Deshaies. Right. Well, you know what they're thinking. Can they do that? Can't they do that on the other side of town? I'm sorry, go ahead. Now, so you know what they're thinking Uh in the winter? They go, well, you know what? We can do this a few times. And we slide these in. When the pitcher's hitting. I said, maybe it's because the American Sox don't have Pitchers batting? I don't know. Let me finish. You right. see? Maybe that's the answer to your question. No, no they do it there, too. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah, so, so yeah, throw it in there when the pitcher's batting. Not going to happen, right? So there it is. 30-second commercial running, and you hear the audio. And like you say, it, it mutes out. That's the right word. You know, they turn off the microphone. Right. But you're watching, and it's a little scrunched up. Well, what do you know? Kyle Hendricks. Throws over the first and picks the runner off. There you go. A big, exciting play. And you missed it. And the runner's he's mad at himself. And rah, 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 when well, they and show the replay of that, do they have to show the commercial again? Good one. Good one. So, Jeez. someone's sitting back at the ranch or the sales manager. Darn, I didn't think there'd ever be anything happen when this stupid pitcher's batting. All right, that's one. Number two. No, it's frustrating. They do it a lot, and it's, uh, it, it, something always seems to happen. The M&M's guy. All right? Yep, my guy. Yeah. Now, did you hear he lost his 
his uh, jacket. He's got a replacement that's a little different. Everyone knows I that. I did not. We're talking about the guy who usually often sits in a... I know. His, I mean, uh, yeah, George. Supposed to be a great guy. Yep. Sits behind home plate great guy. at Sox Park and uh, a guaranteed rate. And he's got the yellow jacket on. Eminem's race car M&M's. jacket. Yeah. Well, evidently, his car, I heard the story, his car was either towed or stolen or whatever the hell, but his jacket was in the trunk. We should have been wearing it. That's Gone. why. It's what happens when you take the jacket <laughs> off, George. So, he looked around and got as close as he could find a replacement. Right. So, now, the Cubs and the Sox were both home yesterday, obviously. So, go say White Sox, because it was Red Sox. I heard that all day, too. They're driving nuts. Well, George was at both games. He was way down by where the old uh, Wrigley Field visitors' bullpen would be, like okay. in the front row. Yeah. And a foul ball came right near him. So he's on the screen there, and there he is, and there he was last night. So that was cool. I got more yellow pad, but oh, look. Big Bad Sean's waving like crazy. Yep. I know, I know. Uh, let's take a break, and when we come back, I got more yellow pad. I still got some Bears new fresh we want to get to, and your vote on. Cubs Dylan or White Sox Dylan, who will have the better career? Vote now at ESPN 1000. Mellow Yellow. Crank it up there, Sean. It's Murph. It's Fred. It's ESPN 1000. Welcome back. Lots to cover. Oh, I know. I always do this. I tease something, tease something, and then what do we do? Then we forget. Right on the way home, and you go, damn. No! Forgot to give that. Palm of the hand to the forehead. Uh-huh. All right. EO, Eddie Olchek. He was on with Caparoo. I was all ready to tell you that, er- that Eric Ostrowski's not here today. No, no, the other ear. The, okay. the first EO. Yes. Eddie Olchek. Edzo. And uh, he'll be dressed up. He'll be uh, dapper. He'll be dapper at the Kentucky Derby all day today. He was really bummed about the rain coming. Almost imminent yeah. uh, on the uh, weather report. I saw so. some pictures from some people I know that are yeah. down at the Derby, and they, it looks gorgeous down there right now. Right now? Uh-huh. Yep. Well, it's only, what, 5 o'clock? So it's only, what, five and a half, six hours away. Storm coming, right. though? Okay. I don't know if storm's coming or not. Well, the reason it's important is, uh, you know what, uh, he's a mudder. No, no, yeah, the horse can be, uh, some horses don't like running in the mud. No. Fred, you grew up. Uh, I don't like. Sportsman's... I don't like walking in the rain. So. You, you grow up. You grow up. You grew up at Sportsman's Park. Yes, I did. And uh, you know, I used to go in there also. My buddy, the Schlitz distributor, and you get in there, and uh, you know you're 16 years old, and you're making bets and yep. uh, wondering what happened when uh, your two dollars is bye bye. But some. Horses don't mind the rain. There's going to be a lot of collision, too, right? Don't they bump into each other more that, in the rain? A or? little bit, but yeah, when you got that many horses, but like it, 18 horses. But it splashes in your face, yeah. right? The mud. Yeah. Okay. So everything we're going to play now, this is from Eddie Olchuk yesterday, uh, one of the top guys out there. He always, you know, always has some good angles. And like Fred said, Eddie said, before I give you my, my – Picks and my every, says, I want to tell everyone it's supposed to rain. So watch me before the race. Yep. You know, he's going to be on NBC. The, NBC, right. thank you, right? Because uh-huh. there could be changes. Right. So what we're going to play now, and people have been saying, can you play it? Here's Eddie Olchek. This was yesterday with Caparoo, right? I think he made a couple appearances, uh, perhaps. Oh, I'm sure the, he did. Yeah, yeah. He, Eddie's great. So again, he said, this could change. Eddie? If you want to know exactly what I'm betting, you got to tune in 
about 40 minutes before uh, puck drop, so to speak, uh, when the derby hits off at about 5.52 Chicago time tomorrow. I'm going to use the 8-horse, 8-horse Tacitus. I'm going to use the 13-horse Code of Honor. I'm going to use the 16-horse Game Winner, and I'm going to use the 17-horse Roadster. Now, the, the, the key horse for me is Code of Honor. Uh, the 13-horse. There it is. Key everything to the 13-horse. If you're going to box and wheel and do all that uh, elaborate, exotic, uh, yeah. throw in the 13 there, right? Always throw in the 13. <laughs> yep. All right, Fred. Uh, and don't forget, we've got the race here. You're driving oh, around. Yes, you can't yes, make it in you. front of a TV. Thank you. We've got the race here on ESPN 1000 beginning around 4 o'clock with the mm-hmm. coverage. Hey, guys, as I look at weather.com, yeah. the rain and precipitation, which is at 90%, it's going to start at 315 Eastern, they say. Ooh. Right okay. on, right and it, on and it will, Yes. And All right. It, it will be occasional rain mm-hmm. for the rest of the day, beginning at 315 Eastern. Okay. If it's a, Kentucky. Yeah, if it's occasional light rain, that's not a problem. That's not too bad. But uh, So, so uh, Sean, I, I know you're uh, uh, flying down there right after the show. <laughs> and uh, So how about your, your big bonnet, the big hat with all the feathers and, and all that? Is that going to be, be gonna get the rain on it? You I think little... I'll stay away from those. <laughs> I, think I might wear the bright suit like yeah. everybody else, but there you I'll go. stay away from the body. It is quite a show, isn't it, Donner? It's fun to watch. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, I was down there. No, okay. I went down there from SIU Carbonell. We drive down. It was just a, a nice little ride down there. And I can truly say, never saw a horse. Okay? My, my buddy That's Larry Griffin. Yeah, my buddy Larry Griffin and in, his in, daughter in Christy field, are down there. Field, yeah. Yeah, and All they're right. down there. They've gone a couple years in a row, so uh, they enjoy them down there. Sean, you get to the infield about a, you know, Outside the the the, uh, the actual structure of, of the racetrack, then you go like under a tunnel, and then it kicks you back up in the middle of like the infield. And I was down there, but hundred like a hundred thousand drunks running around, and it, and it belches you back up the tunnel, like not right at that, but in a ways, and you lose your you don't even know what direction you're looking, and of course uh, uh, you know everyone's uh, uh, knocking down Wiedemann and Huda pole. What? Those were beers back then, Fred. Is the Kentucky Derby one of these things that the weekend is bigger than the actual event? Kind of similar to NBA All-Star, or is it the reverse? A little bit. A little bit. It's. uh, I mean, like today, NBC is doing a five-hour show for a two-minute race, but they are actually showing on on their NBC family and networks on TV. They're actually showing like uh, six or seven races throughout the course of the day. Mm -hmm. That's why it always amazes me that the Breeders' Cup, which runs races that are all valued at the less, the least amount of money, are valued at a million dollars a race. That's not doesn't seem to get nearly the attention that one race gets, which is interesting to me. So, thanks to Eddie Olchuk. Thank you, Ed. So, the, uh, while we have uh, Big Bad Sean on the line there, uh, Sean, uh, what the fans say on uh, the Murph and Fred Fan Focus Group Twitter poll? Now, it probably sounds a little, you know, just out there. Oh, come on, Murph, you're just grasping. Uh, Dylan sees White Sox. Dylan, Maples, Cubs. We haven't seen much of these guys. So, the question always invites... The prejudice and the Cubs, Sox, love and hatred or whatever, Fred. So, you know, Dylan Maples, I'm guessing 60% are going to say, oh, the Cub guy will be better. And 40% of Sox guys, fans will say. I'll say this would be 50-50. All right. So there's some Cub fans out there that are going to actually vote truthfully and not just uh, by party lines. Okay. Uh, what what the fans say? I have no 
I um, didn't where this is going to go. Yeah, Sean. Murph, when you sent me this via email, yeah. I said to myself, does Murph just want to experience pain tomorrow? <laughs> is, is that what he wants uh, to well, do as a Cubs fan? Well, well, well you know, uh, yeah, it, it anesthetizes me and it, it, it helps me through the day. Pain. Well, White Sox uh, fans came out in groves okay. based upon these uh, statistics. 70%. Ooh. Say Dylan Cease. All right, huh? Seventy percent. That, that, that makes sense. That was a, there was a, there was an outing. One of Dylan Cease's or Dylan Maple's outings over the last week or so. Mm-hmm. He went. He walked the first two guys he faced. Yes, he did. And out comes Tommy Hadovy. And mm-hmm. whatever Tommy Hadovy said, yeah, Dylan Maple struck out the next three guys. And um, it's interesting that what whatever the pitching coaches do, even yesterday there was a time where Ronaldo Lopez was in trouble. Lopez didn't uh, pitch all that bad. Can you talk about the first inning well, of the yeah, Sox, and then we'll get back to there was Dylan. a guy on, and then there was a there was a ground ball, a, a rocket shot hit to second base that went in and out of the glove of Jose Rondon at second base. Yeah. Would have been the third out of an inning, right? And instead, very next pitch. To Rafael Devers lands 438 feet away. Boom, shakalaka. In the foliage, as uh, uh-huh. you know, as Jason Benetti would say. In fact, or foliage, Fred, I'm sorry, Jason. I want to get you right. In fact, the first two hitters didn't start the game for Boston Red Sox make out. Yeah. Uh, then the third hitter gets on, and the fourth hitter hits a two-hopper, a, a rocket one-hopper. Uh, it, it was a shot. Oh, yeah. But it was in and out of the gloves. Yeah. It's an it's an error in Little League. It's an error in every kind of baseball. They started a hit. Yeah, I don't know how. And then the next pitch, I believe. Yeah, was, I think it's the next first first yeah, pitch to Devers. Devers, uh, boom shakalaka, three yeah. run homer. Uh, now, if that scored an error, all those runs are unearned. Yeah, not that that matters on the scoreboard, but he feels that ball, and uh, innings over. The innings over. Right. Right. Uh, then you maybe you have that pitcher's duel because mm-hmm. then Lopez doesn't give up another run until the fifth or yeah. sixth inning. So So back to the Dillons. They lose six to one and some guy named Chris Sale strikes out ten. Oh. I'm First glad, win of the year for Chris Sale. You know what? I, I'm glad you uh mentioned Chris Sale too. All right. How many times did you hear this the last two days? All right. Not on this station. Chris Sale Long-time white sock is now a red sock. Uh, you and I are the only ones that, uh, because yesterday they did it on TV, too, and I saw it on one of the other Here. Gen- Yeah, Here's it's, what it it's is. It's terrible. Here's how you say it, everybody. And not, I don't care, fans. I'm talking about broadcast people, all right? Here's what you say. Chris Sale, long-time white socks, is now a red socks. Not... Long time, Chris Sale. Long time, White Sock. Now a Red Sock. Here's here's a little trick. S-O-X is not a word. It's a made-up word. It's always plural. Yep. It's never singular, plural. It's socks. It's S-O-X. Yeah. So, anyone... You see, if you live in Chicago or Boston, you ought to know this. I give a pass. Even, like, to, to people that did not grow up in, in Boston or Chicago. Right? Or the Amarillo Gold Sox back in the seventies in the Texas. Yeah, the Utica Blue Sox. Oh, yeah, all of them. Yeah, any of them. Yeah, yeah. But you know, if you're a, bu- a Blue Sox player, you're not a Blue <laughs> Sox. You're a Blue Sox. So, just a little tip: if you're into broadcasting, it, it might sound a little less ignorant if you say, "Long Chris say a long time White Sox." Is now a red sox. Okay. Yeah. Now, how did I get there? Because you had to mention Chris Sale. Yeah, I tried not to, but who, I was hoping he'd get rocked again. Who had a great outing. Uh, but, real quick. So, 
still in Naples are the Cubs, right? And you had a great uh, point right or uh, mention right there. Yeah. He walked Walk two, two, strikes out three. All right. Now he pitches Wednesday. Here's, I think, was maybe Sunday or whatever. Yeah, I can't okay. remember what it was. The off day Monday and Thursday, it's confusing. I was going to say they play every day, but they don't. No, no. So, yeah. so six off days, I think, in April. Wednesday, the Cubs beat the Mariners 11 to nothing. It's a 5 p.m. Chicago start. Uh, Hamels is rolling along. They bring in this bust-out Webster, who actually got through the uh, eighth inning, and it's going to be a one-hit shutout for the uh, Cubs. Maples comes in for the ninth. Fred, he faced three batters, struck them all out. Yeah. But he threw 17 pitches, all right? Not one pitch was hit even for a foul ball. No contact. Okay. All right. The first batter, Hanniger. He throws him slider, 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 slider. Those are all 90. Then on a 2-2 pitch, he throws another slider at 90, swing and a miss. Now here comes Santana. All right. Fastball 98. Slider 90. Fastball 97. Fastball 98, 90, 90. Strikes him out. Never touched the ball. Uh huh. Then Encarnacion, which is fun to say. One, two, three, four, six pitches, including uh, five 90 mile an hour sliders and the 97 mile an hour fastball. He strikes out the side. He's always walked people. Right. Here's a guy that. Could be, again, you know, an elite ninth inning, lock him down. He's got right-handers buckling on sliders that started at him. And so yeah. like when Marmol was a rookie the first couple oh, was of years. tremendous. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm telling you, right now, I know Dylan Cease is 70%. That's probably a good number, percent voted. But don't, don't go to sleep on Dylan Maples if he can throw the ball over even some of the time. Right. You know what? Boom. He's unhittable. I know. Time to take a break. Got some great final thoughts coming up. Uh, yellow pad still loaded up here. Wanted to talk about Oreo cookies if we had time. Back in a flash, Murph and Fred, ESPN 1000. Good morning, everybody. The kickoff should be at Soldier's Field. Mm-hmm. The Bears should give away beers. You start in the north end zone. And everybody's waving their hands for the kickoff, and then everybody moves to the south end zone for another round of beers, and then the kickoff goes that way. Give me some beers, Vaughn. That's for me. I love that guy. Uh, Fred, we have a uh, poll question on here since about, what, 7.30, 8 o'clock this morning. Will you get tired of the Bears kicking derby between now and September? Yes, Perhaps not sure yet, or no, I won't. Uh, I got sick of it Friday at ten. <laughs> Friday morning at ten o'clock, I was tired of it. That's a big yes. Yeah, Sean, big yes. Sean, what did the fans vote? What came in first? The fans agree with Fred here. Fifty huh. percent of the fans said yes. Uh huh. Thirty-four percent of the fans said no. Okay. And then sixteen said perhaps. <laughs> I love it. Hey, yellow pad. Give me some yellow music there. Yellow pad music, mellow yellow. Oh, meant to mention this. So I was checking out Dylan uh, Maples, the uh, uh, throwing that Bugs Bunny uh, jumping uh, ball. Right. And uh, guess who signed? Guess who drafted him? Jim Hendry. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would love to see this guy really come on and see how Theo and McLeod tried. Oh, yeah, well, you know, it's like we've developed them. But, the, you know, you know what? 2011 draft. That was the last year go. for Jim Hendry. 14th round. 
but I found out he had committed to be quarterback at uh, North Carolina. Okay. And uh, they wooed him away. Uh, Rizzo, four homers in his last five games. Is Rizzo in the starting That's pretty good. Is he in the starting yeah, lineup? Yeah, he is. He's batting third. Your uh-huh. lineup for your Chicago Cubs, 305 first pitch against Michael Waka. Yeah. It's uh, Daniel Descalso at second base, Chris Bryan in right, Anthony Rizzo at first, Javi Baez at short, David Bodie at third, Albert Elmore at center. Kyle Schwarber is in left, and it's Taylor Davis behind the plate, and you Darvish is on the hill. He's the one with the, the eyes. He always in the minor stares at the camera. Just see that whole video. Yeah, I did. Like, yeah, you didn't like it. Not at all. I could tell. Yeah, uh, I, I'm I'm with Tom Waddle. Social media is going to be the death of us all. <laughs> yeah, Tommy might be out of something there. Yeah, he sure is. So uh, Jim Deshays could this be right? He said this during the game yesterday. You know, and uh, Kyle Hendricks, uh, the uh, you know one to nothing uh, shutout, I'm four to nothing. But uh, Syndergaard hit that uh, home, home run, run, and he won one to nothing shutout. Yep. Amazing, right? Deshays said Bob Gibson six times in his career pitched a one to nothing shutout with his home run being the only run. Is that probably possible? two or three times against the Cubs? Six. Yeah, exactly. Because he pitched against Fergie, it seemed like six times a year. Fergie probably did it also. Yeah, Fergie could hit. Yeah, also. he can. Hey, want to thank our guest Jesse Rogers and the Birmingham Barons Double A play by play White Sox guy Kurt Bloom. Yeah, Sean Davis, all of his help. Don't forget, yeah. I'll be back tomorrow. Chris Black and Adam Abdallah tomorrow at eight today, and Chris has an interview with Mitchell Trubisky. You don't want to miss that. Murph and Fred saying, I hope you picked the right mutter. Thanks for listening. Thanks for calling. See you later, everybody. Good morning, everybody. The kickoff should be at Soldier's Field. Mm -hmm. The Bears should give away beers. You start in the north end zone, and everybody's waving their hands for the kickoff, and then everybody moves to the south end zone for another round of beers, and then the kickoff goes that way.